How do you know this? That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Truth is, <laughs> I am Iron Man. Rose? Well, we're going, we don't need roads. When people ask you what happened here, tell them the North remembers. And here we go. Welcome to Not Another Movie Pod, episode 11. Zach Williamson, Ross Cutsforth, Lou Goosens. Today we're talking the Game of Thrones series finale. Yes, sir. Damn, boys, I can't believe we're done. It's over. That's it. Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. No more until the prequels, at least. But Never going to get to have that uh, classic Game of Thrones experience again. I know. We're never going to. I don't know if there's ever going to be a show that people just get this hyped over every yeah. week. And just the fact that you like have to watch it as it airs or you're going to get spoiled by the internet that kind of hype you know for real yeah. and like all the all the theories just in between each show like each week each week is just so i don't know it's fun just seeing everyone's anticipation and hype yeah just what people come up with mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the memes i'm gonna miss the game of thrones the memes, memes. dude that's, <laughs> that might be the best part of the season they're great <laughs> okay yeah yeah and before we get into the review of this episode you know we wanted to give a shout out to everyone who's listened to our podcast especially the, the past two months since we started with Game of Thrones specifically, and especially everyone who submitted questions and has discussed the episode with us, rated it on iTunes, left reviews, and all that. It's it means a ton. You know, honestly, when we started yeah. this, we didn't know if anyone was going to listen. So yeah, <laughs> reception's been awesome. Yeah. This is huge. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you to everyone. That's it's awesome. Shout out yeah. to everyone. And we've been having people ask what we're going to do now that Game of Thrones is over, and you know, we have no plan to stop. It's going to keep going. There's so many Thrones news coming out in the next few weeks. They got that doc. This weekend, I'm going to be watching that. Yeah. And then we're going to go beyond Thrones. We're going to start covering, we're going to do focus more on just everything else, like MCU, Star Wars, just movie reviews every week. Just be watching all the good movies. Yeah, I think we're going to do John Wick 3. We're going to do John Wick 3 on our next pod. So if you haven't seen that, go see it. Just announced that there's going to be a fourth movie coming out. So that, that series is going to keep going. And eventually we're going to do like Stranger Things. We're going to do probably Westworld. I imagine once that rolls around, too, that trailer will look pretty sick. Oh, for sure. Westworld is so good. Fire. Yeah, just a bunch of stuff like that. All right, moving on. So let's do the review. Luke, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. So things I liked about the episode, the ending for all the Stark kids, obviously besides Bran, <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. John was back in the north at the Night's Watch and he wasn't in a position of power. And throughout the show, he's been saying, I don't want this. I don't want, I never asked for this. And so now he gets what he wants, which is what to not for, have, yeah. yeah, which is to not be in that position. And then Sansa, she finally becomes a proper lady. She's the ruler of Winterfell. I thought them crowning her was a, kind of cool scene and then Arya, she was she never became a lady like her parents and her entire family wanted her to be she was true to herself and she ended up you know sailing west of west of westeros yeah oh one more thing on john's thing i know he should have been burned (laughs) like and (laughs) even though he didn't get burned even though he didn't get roasted i thought you know as the second best choice i wasn't mad about it you know I, yeah. I liked it. I liked his ending. And then, so John's, another thing I liked was John saying goodbye to Arya. That was a really emotional scene for me. But it was kind of a bummer because it was like the only scene where I felt genuine emotion. I liked the callback to Needle. He's saying, he says, you still have your Needle. That was really cool. I love that. Mm-hmm. And then just all the kind of badass shots of Daenerys. 
her going up to the Iron Throne, touching it, but then turning away and walking back down to John. I thought that also kind of showed that she still had a little human left in her. She turned away from the Iron Throne to be with the person she loved, even though he'd rejected her still. It showed a little bit. She still had a little bit of humanity left in her. And then yeah. obviously the the badass cinematic shots, like her with Drogon behind her, spreading his wings out. That was that was a cool one too. Those are like main things I liked. And then for dislikes, there's yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot we're gonna be roasting this one. But yeah, it, it hurts to roast the finale this way. I know. It's a bummer. But there's yeah. just like okay, so some of the things that stood out to me right away was when John walks into Tyrion's cell or the room he's in, he immediately starts defending Danny to Tyrion after or uh wait, yeah. He he starts defending Danny to Tyrion, and yeah. that's right after John saw Grey Worms like slicing the throats of the POW Lannisters on the orders of the Queen, and <laughs> after he'd walked through the carnage and saw just you know little kids burned, people walking out of the city just singed, looking like zombies. Um, after he saw the the pretty much sack and rape of King's Landing, and then it just getting torched yeah. and destroyed, like the entire time. John's just seeing all this and he's in disbelief and you can see how like his like disbelief and anger Tortured he is. Yeah. Yeah. And it just doesn't make sense that immediately he'd turn to Tyrion and be like, Oh, you know, her best friend died. It's like, it's, it just yeah. didn't make sense to me. Luke, the funniest part about that scene to me was <laughs> he told Tyrion, I can't justify this. I, I just can't. And then right after that, he just immediately starts justifying everything. Yeah. Like you were saying. Yeah, it just does it doesn't add up. Um, it's like what? Like maybe he's just blinded by love in that moment cuz he's Yeah, cuz yeah. he's still conflicted with everything with you know what he has to what he thinks he has to do in his head now. But he's refused Danny's advances a couple times now and Yeah. I don't know. I just didn't think I didn't understand why he was so conflicted like that can like just backing her up like that. And yeah. then Another thing that pissed me off was when Edmure Tully tried to put himself out there for King. That was so dumb. It was supposed to be an important scene, and it made it even worse. We haven't seen him for two seasons now, and now he butts in trying to say something. It didn't make sense. And we all know he's already a clown. He's you know He can't light his own father's funeral pyre. He surrenders his own castle to the Landers, Lannisters. He's, he's a soft-ass bitch. I mean... He could still be a good king and not be able to light the funeral pyre, but yeah, they definitely do make a point to like show that he's not respected. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, I don't think brand can make that shot with the bow either, but brand, my man's a yeah. brand's in a wheelchair. Yeah. He was terrible with a bow and arrow. Same with, he Edmund. was like, dude, nine. he was eight. <laughs> Bro, yeah. Do you see Arya though? You see Arya? She was the same age. Arya is a legend. Exactly. Dude, Arya's the goat. Are you serious? That was shown if you look back right then, that shows that hey, she was me a badass from the beginning. <laughs> There's she a clear a skill gap though. There's a skill gap there. Maybe she was just a natural dude, like Brand just hadn't honed his skills yet. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Edmund Tully. <laughs> But uh, another thing that annoyed me was the continuities. It didn't make sense with the amount of Dothraki that was left. I know we touched on this last episode about yeah. how there's Dothraki left because in the war room at Winterfell, they said, oh, only half died. But in the episode three half. Yeah, my ass. 
Yeah, in the episode three behind the scenes, David Benioff, he his quote is, uh, "What the characters see is the end of the Dothraki, essentially." Which I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> it just doesn't make sense, like how all these Dothraki show up. The next three episodes, they continue to multiply in numbers. Yeah, like, over the course of time. <laughs> I'm just like what? Even from episode five to six, I feel like there are more Dothrak. Dothrak. Yeah, and then King's Landing being rebuilt within a span of four weeks. That didn't make sense either. And then Yara, or I don't know if it was Yara who got the ships for for uh, Grey Worm or Grey Worm. I don't know where these ships came from. I kind of figured they were <laughs> Yara's gave to Grey Worm, but even then, how did Yara get this huge fleet within a four week span? That doesn't make Dude. sense to me. Their fleet was decimated. They were destroyed. Season five to like eight ships just come out of fucking nowhere. It doesn't make sense. Maybe they're just hella, I don't know. Maybe they're just hella efficient at making ships, but it just didn't make sense to me. And then yeah. the King's Council at the end where they're, where it's, you know, Tyrion, Braun, small council. Yeah, the small, small council. council. Yeah. It felt awkward. It was like a Wes Anderson film where they're all like, Long may he reign. And they're all saying it out of turn. It's just really weird. And then Bron's like, oh, yeah, that'll get better. At the, It just felt like weird, awkward jargon that didn't, I don't know. It felt out of place. But didn't Tyr- Tyrion said that, right? Yeah, it was Tyrion. Yeah. He said it'll get better. Oh, yeah. He said it'll get better. And then Bran says something along the lines of, I'm yeah. sure it will. That's just such weird. <laughs> it doesn't fit their characters. It yet. doesn't. It was just awkward and weird. I didn't know why they included that. And then Bran getting Cersei's haircut. That was whack. <laughs> they did have the same cut when i saw that i was instantly just like wow you went straight for the cersei look dude. yeah he, he might have the worst haircuts consistently over the show oh yeah he always has those gross bangs and his hair is usually greasy <laughs> as fuck well he's always out in the wild he's he's bumming it he's no but i'm saying even even as king like his hair is greasy as a mafka yeah it's gross maybe it's because he can't shower himself but or bait themselves. A mafka? What's a mafka? Never heard of that. <laughs> Bro, J Rock. <laughs> a mafka. Interesting. <laughs> Seen Trailer Park Boys? That's a J Rock. No, reference. I haven't. <laughs> Damn, you need to study up, son. Shit, my bad. But yeah, all right. That was like my likes and dislikes. If I were to rate it out of a hundred, I would give it. I'm conflicted between like a between a sixty-five and a seventy. Like I want it to be a passing grade, but at the same time, there's just a lot wrong with it. Yeah. There were there were parts that I I genuinely did like though. So I don't know. It's between a sixty-five and a seventy to me. If I were to rate it on hundred, yeah, yeah. Ross, your turn. Wait, was that your least favorite episode of episode eight or or of season eight? Oh, least favorite? No. No, my least favorite was probably episode four. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be, that's always going to be my least favorite. <laughs> that was bad. That was yeah. just bad. Just Rhaegal's death and all that. Oh. Just yeah. Cersei not killing all of them at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Too many fuck ups. I know. That didn't make sense to me either. I was just like, why are you not taking this opportunity? Ugh. All right. I'm not going to think about that. Anyways, okay. So my pros, I had some pros. But then I had a lot of cons. I hate uh, it. Just sucks beating on a dead horse. I f- I feel like. But I mean, if a show is not good, you got to be honest about it. I guess. Mm-hmm. So starting with my pros, I thought that the strong point was definitely it had a lot of great character moments and interactions. And there's a lot of scenes that just made you, you know, feel for these characters that you've had this journey with for eight seasons and you're mi- really emotionally invested in all these characters. And when they're saying their final goodbyes and Coming to the catharsis of their arc, it strikes an emotional chord for me. So some examples of that would be like Daenerys finally seeing slash touching the Iron Throne. 
and the music was really good in that part too. I was, I was like, wow, she's been on such a hard journey. If you think about it, I mean, yeah, she went straight evil in the last couple episodes, but yeah, she went hard for it at the end. But yeah, yeah she's been through so much, and seeing her finally be able to like touch it just feels so good for her character to end. And then also, it does tie back to that House of the Undying Vision in season two, where she sees the Iron Throne, and right before she claims it well she doesn't she reaches out to touch it and doesn't touch it but it's kind of like symbolic for her trying to claim the throne right before she does that she hears cal drogo and rego and she goes out to see them beyond the wall and that's kind of symbolic for her going to the afterlife before she's able to claim the throne which i thought was pretty cool because Mm -hmm. she could have sat down in the throne but instead she like looked back to john and faced him as more of an equal rather than looking down on him and he ended up killing her, so it kind of fulfilled that vision a little bit for me. Yeah. Which I thought was cool. I'd say, I would say it fulfilled the, the vision. Yeah. She was, like, convincing him to do it unknowingly, you know? Yeah. Just every word she was saying was, like, driving another nail in her coffin. No, yeah, exactly. I was just like, oh, yeah. fuck. John was just, like, trying to talk it out with her. You know, he wasn't trying to kill her. And then every time she said something, he was just like, oh, man, I I, I, I got to kill her. <laughs> I can't let this this chick go. Fuck. All right. And then John saying goodbye to his siblings for the last time. Like you said, Luke, you like that, too. I really like that. It was touching. I've loved the Stark children always, except for some of them. I, they have some moments. But generally, I've loved them all, especially Arya and John. Another th- cool thing I thought was the shot with Daenerys walking up and then Drogon's wings coming up. It kind of felt like an homage to be a dragon when Olena Tyrell said that. Really brought her full circle as being this evil queen. She kind of looked, she just looked really evil right there too. It might have been, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, it might have been too a little too on the nose, but it was still a cool shot. Her speech as well was really good for her character. Obviously, what happened happened last last episode. She went crazy and. I didn't like that decision that much. Well, I mean, the decision I'm fine with, but I didn't like how it was executed. But now that that decision's done, I feel like they handled her character after that pretty well for this episode. Her speech was pretty good. Oh, yeah. I like that. Her speech is badass. Yeah, I I like that. And then another really cool shot that I liked from this episode was Drogon coming out of the snow. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, he just (laughs) appeared there. Yeah, John was just walking up. You can you definitely, I didn't see him for sure at the first, the first time I was watching. No, I didn't think about it at he all. He just pops up and I'm like, damn, all right, that was cool. And then my other pro just like, well, this was a con for you, Luke, but I was saying, thank God Edmure got shut down. So kind of a pro and a con there. <laughs> con for Edmure standing up in the first place and a pro for him getting shut fucked down by Sombra. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. And then, all right, on to the cons. So my main issues with it was... Everything to me felt too convenient and rushed. I'll kind of explain that over the rest of my cons. So you just you're talking about the season in general, right? The season felt rushed to you. Yeah, the season in general, and also this episode. Oh, this I, episode, okay. yeah, yeah. All the Stark and children getting exactly the happy ending they want. Tyrion getting the happy ending he want. Pretty much everyone that was either morally gray or became a villain in the, in this show died, and all the all the good, like, quote-unquote good guys won. Yeah, but so, Tyrion, Tyrion didn't want to be hand. He didn't want it at all. He was so over it. Bro. That wasn't, like, a happy ending for him. In season two and three, that's he literally says that's who he is. He says, this this is what I do. This is what I'm best at. I love doing this. He tells that to Shay. 
That's season two, dude. It's been six seasons since then. All the shit he's gone through, he's so over like having to make decisions and rule. And now Bran thrusts him back into doing the exact same shit he's done for fucking literally like 10 plus years now. Why do you think he's over it when he keeps going back? I don't he, did, he didn't go back. Bron made him. Yeah, he didn't have a choice. <laughs> well, he went back to Daenerys after he killed his dad. He went through a lot of shit there, and you would think that would maybe one make him want to stop. But. Yeah, but where was he going to go? Like, who who was he going to go to after he killed his dad? He could have just went to brothels and shit and just went hard. Yeah, but that you wasn't know? really him at that point anymore. Like, he'd been over that. He'd been over his fucking brothel phase by that time. I'm just saying this is a very happy ending for his character. For us, but maybe not for him is what I'm saying. Okay. Well, that's, yeah, agree to disagree. All right. So, <laughs> yeah, I think I think a lot of the characters got... It was just... It didn't feel very Game of Thrones. It felt like a lot of people got the endings, like what was best for that character, basically. And then some of the scenes were a little too drawn out, and some of them went by too fast, in my opinion. And an example of this would be some of the dialogue wasn't effective. Well, I mean, a lot of the dialogue was good, but some of it just didn't move the scene, scene along fast enough. Like the scene where John and Tyrion are talking when Tyrion is prisoner, not when John is prisoner. When John and Tyrion are talking about Danny before he goes to kill Danny, the dialogue in that a lot of it was like John either playing dumb or him defending Daenerys, and it didn't really move the scene along very fast. And a lot of times, John would be sitting there for seconds without saying words, which I get he has to make a tough decision, but it just felt very drawn out to me, in my opinion. Also, yeah, the only saving grace to me for that was John's line about love being the death of duty. I thought that was a really cool line. Call back to Maester Aemon when John wants to leave the Night's Watch because his brother Rob's going to war and his dad's captured, or Ned Stark's captured, who he views as his dad. And Aemon talks about when Aerys's children are getting killed in the Sack of King's Landing, and all he wants to go do is go down there and protect them. But he tells John, love is the death of duty, and if I went down there, I'd be abandoning the Night's Watch and my oath. So I thought that was a really cool callback. It seemed like the characters kind of waited for the plot rather than being characters that were in active situations, like forcing the plot along, like forcing new actions for the plot to continue. And an example of this would just be Danny kind of waits for the plot to come to her in this episode with John talking to Tyrion. The whole plot for that part is just revolving around him kind of making this decision and Danny's just kind of sitting around waiting. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Do you, would you agree or not? No, I was okay with the flow. Yeah, you were okay with it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did think that, well, to what you were saying right before this about Tyrion and yeah. John in the cell, I felt like that was drawn out. It's just like, uh, yeah. And Ty- Tyrion's lines weren't as impactful as I thought they could have been, but yeah. That was a, lo- that was a long scene. That was like probably yeah. nine, ten minutes, but I, I was okay with it overall for me. At least. Yeah. That might honestly be why I feel like Danny was waiting just because that scene was really long, but yeah. Maybe, yeah. 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 That could be why. I see what you're saying. And then, Tyrion's line now Varys's ashes can tell my ashes see I told you it was kind of like another one of those things like you said Luke about how it just ruins the gravitas of the scene and you know not in a good way it doesn't break it up the seriousness in a good way like you kind of want that impact that payload and it's just taking away from all these big dialogue exchanges between characters mm-hmm. in my in my opinion and also oh, we were robbed of the john versus gray worm 1v1 fucking robbed yeah they were setting it up so well too with john and gray worm talking and then oh i don't know how john didn't die which was another one of my complaints 
Who, who do you guys think would win? Hold on one sec. Who do you think okay, would yeah, win yeah. one-on-one between Grey Worm and, and John? John and Grey Worm. I think, I think oh. Grey Worm would probably win. He's so much quicker than John. He's got reach with his weapon, too. And, and he has the spear, yeah. Plus, John doesn't wear armor that would deflect a spear. He wears, like, furs. And he he wears a little bit on his upper chest, but that's pretty much it. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think Grey Worm would for sure win. Oh yeah, I was I was gonna pick Grey Worm too, unless yeah. John slices his spear up. Yeah, if he could get inside, that might yeah. be the only chance. Yeah, just get inside and slash him. If John were to win, he'd have to get bailed out like every other fight he's been in. <laughs> he gets bailed out so much. So much. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, he's the chosen one, bro. So <laughs> he is. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> and then this is kind of nitpicky, but just something I noticed was I have no idea how Grey Worm got in front of John. When Grey Worm is killing the Lannister soldiers, he still has about four more to kill. John starts walking away to go up to Daenerys. As he's walking up the stairs, he sees he sees Grey Worm at the top. And I'm just picturing like Grey Worm cutting the throats as fast as he possibly can and then just sprinting to get in front of John. But <laughs> Yeah, but I was thinking about this, and I think that there yeah. had to have been just some time in between because they had to gather all the Unsullied, all the Dothraki, and probably kill all the Lannisters and clean everything out. And they had to hang up that massive Targaryen sigil off the fucking wall, and mm. Daenerys kind of cleaned up a little bit. I, I think there could have been time in between that. I don't really have a problem with that part. Yeah, they just didn't really display that very well. Yeah. Okay, so then Grey Worm says... This was a big one for me, was Grey Worm completely just kind of becoming a bitch during the Dragon Pit meeting. So Grey Worm says, this is his words, says the city is the Unsullied's now. And then after he says that, he lets Tyrion talk. After telling him, you can't talk, he continues to let him talk. And then he says, all right, let's choose a king for your city that you just took. And we're your enemies, and I'm your prisoner, and we're deciding who the king is while you sit there and you're silent. And Grey Worm says, all right, you guys can choose the king. And then he doesn't say a word for the whole discussion until Bran chooses Tyrion as his hand. That doesn't make sense to me. Why would he let them just choose the king of the city when they're enemies? Do you guys feel like that or not? I just, I don't know. I figured... I figured he kind of, as I was watching it, I just figured he kind of was wanting to wash his hands of this because now he doesn't have his leader anymore. And you I th- think he was just thinking about Noth, maybe? Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. I, I figured he was just thinking about returning back to Essos. Yeah. It's just weird because he's like so full of rage. And then when Daenerys dies, he doesn't experience any rage. He just yeah. kind of looks mad. He, looks, he just looks mad but never really does anything. But when... Mm. Masande dies, he kills everyone that Daenerys tells him to. I guess he might he probably does love Masande more. Yeah, Masande was like the one thing he like truly, yeah. truly loved, you know. I mean, obviously he loved Daenerys and he like followed her, but you know, Masande was like his girl. So yeah. yeah. It's just weird that he didn't want revenge. He was always operating under Daenerys' uh, orders. When he yeah. kills everyone it's after Daenerys yeah. makes the move. I know. I'm just saying it's weird he doesn't want revenge for Daenerys' death at all, really. Because he just keeps them prisoners instead of killing them. So that was weird to me. Then another thing that I just thought could have been maybe a little better, in my opinion, thought it would be better if Tyrion said, instead of saying who had a better story than Bran, because a lot of people did have a more intriguing story than Bran, he could have said who can tell a better story than Bran. That would have just made more sense sense with the situation and Bran's character. I mean, I'm, but you didn't know what he meant? What do you mean? I mean, I knew what he meant, just that... Bran has everyone's stories. He can tell, like, he has everyone's story. He can tell all these stories. He knows everyone's past. No, that's not what he was saying. Because he says, who has a better story than Bran, and then proceeds to tell Bran's story directly after that. 
So he was talking about Bran's story itself, not the stories that Bran can tell. But then afterwards, yeah, he said a story can hold the kingdom together. So he was referring to both aspects. Were you going to say something? No, I mean, you just you just answered your own <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. One other thing was, why did the North go independent? Because now they don't get to vote on any future rulers. So I don't really get what they're trying to gain there. Besides maybe just Sansa trying to be queen. But if they would have stayed part of the kingdom, they would have got to vote on the future rulers because... They said kings will be chosen now by the higher-ups, by the lords of Westeros, and now the North just doesn't even get to participate in that. So, But if they're independent, then they obviously don't want to participate, in it, and it doesn't matter anyway, because that king will have no say over the North anyway. Wouldn't you want to participate in that? Other, because what if the next ruler, there's some corruption and people are trying to get somebody really bad in, and then Sansa has no say in that because she's not part of Westeros anymore? that's her fault she's independent now. <laughs> that's no that yeah that's just what i'm saying like that wasn't a smart decision yeah but then she's outside of that and she doesn't have to be a part of that corruption if if the next ruler is like corrupt you know but i'm saying what if they get a corrupt ruler who wants to conquer everybody and that then that new ruler wants to conquer the north and now they have to fight against this new like dictator type ruler because they didn't get to vote in who they picked or they can get a say even if that happens she seems like she's willing to start a war for that last time they were part of the when they were part of the seven kingdoms her father died you know like the north has just been shit on kind of throughout the course of them being incorporated like being part of the seven kingdoms maybe she just wants to get outside of that she's over it well that is true they also did get shit on a lot while they were independent as well like they had to fight the boltons and all the other houses to bring them into their fold so i mean you're kind of gonna have to fight wars nonetheless but if you can prevent a war then it's in your interest yeah but the north was kind of broken at that point you know like they didn't have like one like a strong ruler like it was it was brand that was when they were still in their formative yeah it's not like yeah they didn't have a strong ruler at the time and i don't know like going forward the north has been pretty easy to defend you know in wars they have the neck and they can defend people coming yeah north from the neck the only thing they would be vulnerable to is maybe a navy or yeah something. ships yeah yeah because they can move around in the north faster than people on foot yeah i didn't really have the biggest problem with it honestly yeah. i saw her well then uh, just another thing to me why would you even want to secede from brand it's not like brand's gonna be passing judgment that would hurt you you're a sibling he's he's gonna be a good ruler but for like future rulers, like you're saying, what if someone comes and fucking tries to and is crazy? You know, it's, it'd be better yeah. that the North's just not part of that. Yeah. Okay. So moving on. On the second rewatch, I caught this one. So Bran is talking about Tyrion becoming his hand. And he, Grey Worm says, no, this is, we need justice. We don't want m- lands or money. We want justice. And then Bran says, oh, Tyrion is paying justice. He's had a lot of mistakes and he'll spend the rest of his life fixing them, serving his hand. And then Grey Worm pauses for a little bit, and he looks at Tyrion, and he says, no, that's not enough. And then no one really addresses that, and never gets brought up again for the rest of the episode. I think he was talking about Jon, right? No, he was looking at Tyrion, and they were talking about Tyrion's uh, punishment. Doesn't it jump right after that, though, to the Jon scene? Yeah, it does. But he was looking right at Tyrion, and they were talking specifically about Tyrion, so. I, I don't think they were. I mean, okay. They no, they they were talking about him being the hand, and then he said that's not enough punishment. So it was it was definitely about Tyrion, and then they never said anything more about it, and it just skipped to the next scene, which was the John scene. Which if they're trying to tie that together, then it doesn't make sense because they were definitely talking about 
Tyrion. So I thought that was weird. And okay, so why do you think they're setting up every single character arc's conclusion for a spinoff if they already said it stated that this is going to be the end point of the, you know, a Song of Ice and Fire world, the whole story, basically, this is the end point. Why do you feel like they're setting everyone up as, you know, because like, they could have a spinoff of Arya going to Westeros, Jon and Tormund and Ghost in the North, Sansa being the Queen of Winterfell, the Small Council in King's Landing, even Dario over in Essos, or Drogon and Drogon flying around doing shit. <laughs> <laughs> to a drogon shit <laughs> <laughs> they just set everything like every character up they set him open-ended same same with gray worm too even though gray worm's probably gonna die because of the butterflies what, what do you guys think i feel like they just like left it up to kind of our imagination which i think is kind of cool yeah. aria sailing off to be a badass motherfucker like wherever she's going probably into some magical place like you're it's just like up to your imagination you can run wild with the possibilities and the shit that she's gonna do there i didn't i didn't think it was yeah. that bad we all knew that this was gonna be the end end so it was kind of just like all right well they're now all just doing their own shit you know i wasn't that mad yeah. about it zach you think later on down the line there they will do spinoffs because they did say this is the end but you never know maybe 10 15 years down the road they'll open it up what do you think I think people's lives go on, so they're all going to go yeah. do adventures. But I'd say the conquest for this throne has been just decided with Bran on it. So I think yeah. it was the end of the story. And I don't I don't think they're going to do anything. I mean, like, just because they've all said that. George R. R. Martin says for his books, this is the end of the story. And Casey Bloys, who is the HBO exec of all this, he said that they're going to there's so much more universe to explore backwards that that's where they want to keep going with it. But who knows, you know, maybe 10 years down the line, they yeah. get some of these actors to come back and to say, hey, let's do some sort of spinoff with it. Because there are adventures that you can always keep going. Yeah. I, I don't think that they will. They just did a lot of open-ended character arc ending. So that's just kind of made me curious. Maybe they will. But you're right. yeah, maybe they will. Also, this isn't shade at Podrick because he did prove himself at the Bar of Winterfell. I'm just asking. Do you think Podrick was the best choice to be on the King's Yard or do you think there was better people out there? Zach, you're the one with the <laughs> fucking man crush for Pod the Rod. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like Pod. I like Pod the Rod on the Kingsguard. I think he has clearly shown that he's he's capable, and yeah. he's been working under Brienne, who's arguably the best swordsman in Westeros right now, and he held his own in the Battle of Winterfell. And yeah, I'm down with Sir Pod the Rod. <laughs> <laughs> Father Rod for life, baby. Yeah, I'm on board. Let's do it. He gets to stick by the brothels too, though. That whole time Braun was talking about brothels, Pod was just smirking in the back like, yeah, build those brothels up, baby. Yeah, the the women of Westeros are going to be bummed for sure because he's, like, he's celibate <laughs> now. He can't can't do any of that, but I'm with it. Pod, Pod Loki will break the rules, I feel like. Yeah, Grandmaster Pycelle slang dick when, when oh, he should. Oh, big time. <laughs> Father Rock can, you know, sneak in and out. Dude, Samuel Tarly fathered a child. Yeah. He, he was swore to two places that said no kids. <laughs> Dude, for, <laughs> real. for real. He said, he said fuck it. <laughs> I'm busting I'm nuts. Doing, I'm doing me, yeah. And then, <laughs> all right, okay, two last things. So, one, I'm pissed we didn't get to know what happened to Tyrion when he brought that jackass in a honeycomb into a brothel, but it's just kind of a running gag. So yeah, it was like the third time. I think. I'm not actually that mad, but yeah, 
It would have been cool. It would have been cool bummed. to see. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll see it in one of George R. R. Martin's Winds of Winter or Dream of Spring. Possibly. That'd be cool. And then the last thing was just, what was the point of the white horse in the last episode? There didn't seem like there was a point to that. Yeah, I have no what answers. Do you guys think? I have no answers. Like that one honestly just leaves me befuddled. Just, <laughs> yeah. I thought, well, they didn't even, yeah, like they didn't bring it back for episode six. You shouldn't even ride in on it or know. anything. No. It was just a know. random Dothraki horse that somehow survived Daenerys roasting everything, I think, and then she just rode it out. Yeah. They just made such a scene about it, too, though. Yeah. For like real. it was in slow mo and she was like intensely staring into his eyes. Yeah. Yeah, well, that pretty much does it for me for pros and cons, mainly cons, but that's it. You want me to give my number rating or? Yeah, rank that bitch. Oh, okay, this is, man, I feel like whatever I'm going to say is going to sound like it's too low. Oh, you're going to say below 50, (laughs) huh? No. I I thought you were for sure going to say below. (laughs) I really want to say 58, 58 or 60. I don't know if I can give it 50, though. With the way you talked about it, the 58 sounds, you know. That sounds yeah. a little high for how you're talking about it. <laughs> no, I thought it sounded right on the mark. Oh, like, okay. Because, dude, that's like, that's a F, man. Yeah. And you had a lot of shit to talk about it. So, I I mean, I I feel like that's fitting of what you said about it. 58. I'm I'm going with it. All right, Zach. All right, for me, like, I thought it was, I thought it was okay. You know, there's some good parts. There were some parts that I thought were really bad, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've had, I've had a different approach to this finale I think than most people just people have been really negative towards the season and I for the most part have enjoyed this season you know besides episode four I really said I didn't like that episode at all there was just a lot of stuff really bad with that one and just how much it set up the rest of the season yeah and so yeah just saying like again this episode I thought there's some good parts and bad what I did like going in the set looked amazing again for listeners who don't know yeah the set is a masterpiece <laughs> Yeah, and they build these. They built this new King's Landing set from scratch in Belfast, so it's like right behind the Winterfell set. And so, like that opening with John Tyrion walking through with ash falling down. There's scorched bodies everywhere. I thought it was solid. You know, it really showed the destruction Daenerys caused in the aftermath, and I I liked that they showed that. I didn't think they were going to show that to start. And you know, you see like a man with his back completely burnt walking through. There's another person in the dock, like just in the corner looking down and defeated. He probably just lost his family or something. Wait, you didn't think they were going to show that? I didn't know if they were going to show all that. If they were just going to brush it over and try to rush, because I didn't, because there was a lot that they oh, needed to bro, wrap if up. They did that. Brush over the de- the destruction like that? Just them yeah. walking through it all. If they did that, I'd taking be it. In. Oh, that would be ridiculous. Yeah, I'd be pissed. Also, shout out the uh, unknown soldier. That dude survived again. He was <laughs> a beast. Yeah, he was behind John when he offered to send men with Tyrion and then also when there was the Grey Worm and John kind of face off. I'm like, this dude, this dude's a legend. Like, this guy has survived when Stannis fought Ramsay somehow in that bad battle that they got, like, slaughtered in. These All these battles have such a high attrition rate, too. Yeah. It's crazy. And then he, jo- he, like, joins John's army, fought in the Battle of the Bastards, yeah. fought the Battle of Ice and Fire against the White Walkers, and then now the Siege of King's Landing. Like, this dude... Shout out, Dude, man. What are the odds? I don't know. He, needs yeah, he to deserves get a cooler helmet. I hate those northern <laughs> helmets. They're so ugly. Yeah, they look kind of derpy. Yeah, all, they do. <laughs> also, if you think Pod has a big dick, that dude probably has a massive dong. <laughs> if he can if he can survive all that. Well, dude, do you see his beard? His beard is impressive as hell. That's <laughs> the only way I can recognize him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, beard, the beard and the derpy helmet. 
<laughs> Always. This is trademarks. Yeah. yeah. And then I really liked the scene with John and Grey Worm, like you guys were saying, squaring off. I, I really thought that was like setting it up for a one-on-one that never yeah. happened. Would have been cool. Yeah, it would have been sweet. And then you got Tyrion walking through Cersei's conquest room with the map of Westeros. And then he goes down. And this was kind of like where my first problem with the episode was for me. Yeah. Tyrion has a very emotional scene with it when he discovers his brothers and sisters. And I thought that was pretty good acting. The yeah. music was really good. But, dude, there's just no way that, like, there should have been way more rubble and stones. And I, like, when at the end of this episode, you think that King's, like, you think the castle's caving in on them. And there's just, it just looked like if they had moved a couple feet over to the right, they might have missed all that completely. <laughs> yeah. When you're watching that episode, the yeah. ceiling's, like, straight falling down. But then, yeah, yeah. and there should, there should have just been layers and layers. They should have been crushed. Yeah. Like I mean, they were crushed, but like. Yeah, but they looked they looked okay. And then in the next episode, it looks like it just looks like <laughs> one single layer like fell down, basically. Yeah, dude, but dude, those bricks are big. Like that would, from a like high ass fucking height, that would yeah. have probably fucked them up. Each of those bricks probably weighs like eighty pounds. They're big. Yeah, I just this should have just been more. Those though. bricks are fat. Yeah, and then there's just like Balerian skull that was pretty close. That looked pretty sturdy. That they could have they could have hit under that. Yeah, and. I know it's fun fact too about this is that both the actors, Len Hetty and Nick Lacosterwell, though they both made a million dollars just for that two minutes that they were in there. <laughs> Getting that money. Securing the, securing the bag, yeah. Yeah. All right, moving on. Then it's the next scene. John's walking up. He spots Daenerys and, or she swoops down on Drogon. And that, I think that was my favorite shot of the episode was just with the dragon flapping behind her. Yeah. And it's all the Drogon porn was great <laughs> oh this whole episode yeah every scene with him was really yeah, good it, it kind of rem- reminded me of when saruman is on the on the ledge and he's like looking out over his armies and he's like addressing him it kind of reminded me of that and they're like oh. Yeah, oh dude oh such a badass scene yeah gets you hyped when you hear all the orcs and orcai just yeah oh. <laughs> yeah and then i, I, lo- I really like daenerys's speech too she's rocking her fit She's giving off some serious Hitler vibes in that speech about liberating the world. <laughs> For real. And you can just tell that she wasn't going to stop in King's Landing. She was going to she's going to keep going. And I like that they had an interview after and she said what she was trying to do with that speech is cuz she's talking all these ridiculous languages that aren't real that she watched yeah. like dictator speeches from other nations in oh, the real. Oh really? World. Yeah. And Man, just that's to see dope. Yeah, just to see if like if you could pick up their tone and what they were trying to say. Oh, that's so cool. Hell yeah. Without understanding. Yeah. Dang, that's pretty cool acting. Right there. Yeah. That's and I thought she did a really good job in that scene. Yeah. It really felt like, hey, this is where she's at. She's mad queen mode right here. <laughs> and then I saw people critiquing John on this part too, which I think was unnecessary just because like he noticed when she says Winterfell and Valerian. And I think for me, it's just anyone like that's like you can kind of tell that's what she was saying right there was Winterfell yeah. and a couple of the places. So especially I, I when she get, says like Dorne and Castle Rock and all yeah, that. It's not yeah. it's not a plot hole like people are saying. He didn't really understand it. He could just tell that oh she was saying something. Yeah, and it, it sounded it definitely sounded like Tyrion said too. It doesn't sound like mm-hmm. she's a person who's done <laughs> yeah. conquering. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then. I like Tyrion and Daenerys' interaction too up top there. Tyrion's kind of sticking it to her. And at first she's just like, hey, you betrayed your brother. And I almost thought maybe she was going to give him another pass that she's been doing lately. And then he <laughs> makes that comment about just roasting the city and ruins and then throws the, the his pin. And I liked all that. I thought that was a really yeah. good part. I thought that part was cool. 
stood up for himself against Daenerys and yeah, for what he mm-hmm. believed. Yeah, mm-hmm. even when she, even when he knew that she even told him she's like, if you ever be, if you mess up one more time, then that'll be the, your last time you ever mess up. Mm-hmm. And he like he doesn't even care. He's like, yeah, this is my line. I, mm-hmm. I'm standing my ground. Yeah, and then right after that, Arya just comes out of nowhere to talk to John, and he, she's the one who first plants the seeds that he needs to do something about her because she's going to kill him, is what she was saying. And then also, she's saying she's going to Sansa's not going to conform to her. She's not going to join her, you know. So hell no. Yeah, and then it goes even further in that next scene. Tyrion's playing seeds, just hey, we got to do this. We got to kill her. Look what she's become. And I especially like the part where Tyrion brings up John's sisters. Because even up till then, like you guys were saying, John was still trying to defend Daenerys and try to find just like a level ground and all of it. I just like that parallel because it calls it calls back to season one when Varys says, Varys is talking to Ned in the crypts and Ned says, do you think my life is something precious to me? And then Varys mentions that his daughter's lives wouldn't be safe if he dies there. They wouldn't be safe in King's Landing. So that's why he he ends up lying for Joffrey to save them. It's yeah. just both them being very honorable and true to their characters. Then the next scene is Daenerys' death scene. And I really liked this scene. I thought it was a good way for her to go back, go out. The song in the background was super eerie. Yeah. And it, just like you were saying, Ross, it paralleled back to the House of the Undying. She touches the throne, but never sat in it again. And then I like that little part where she's talking just how she thought the throne kind of looked different because that was the first time she's ever actually seen it. And that was kind of like a call out to George R. R. Martin because he always says that in his books, it's super ugly and massive and there's a thousand swords poking out everywhere and it doesn't look anything like that in the show. So I think that's they were just going with that. Yeah. And how she described it is exactly how the book rendition is drawn of it as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Cool little nod. Yeah. And then right after that, it's Daenerys and Jon discussing and i thought she even made it she made some good points in there and just how john has executed people and john was still trying to plead with her to make sense and even up until right until the time that he does it she's saying he's asking well what do the people get to do how do they get to choose and she's like they don't get to choose and he just knows what he has to do right then you know and it even felt like for a second he says you're my queen always that he was still going to even remain loyal to her when he's kissing her. I was like, oh shit, is he really? Is this the twist they're going to go with? Is he going to stay on her side? And then right after that, you hear the knife. I'm like, nope. Oh God, John goes evil too. He says, screw it. He just, well, he just joins her. He just stays yeah. loyal to her is what I yeah. meant for that split second. And then there was no way. And I was talking to Ross about this, but I think, I think it just Daenerys in this scene, she was so full of joy and a sense of accomplishment that she finally got yeah. the throne. And that was what she always wanted more than anything and she kind of let her guard down and it's john too and she's she's thinking that she can do anything in this moment she can try to win john back over and make him see her way and it just it didn't work out oh and when john says you're my queen now and now and forever he definitely means that like he still loved her in that moment he just realizes she's got to go yeah and she probably thought it worked right then too and she because he kissed her and then nope that just shows the danger of somebody who thinks they have a destiny to fulfill to be a mm-hmm. ruler it's a dangerous yeah. mindset <laughs> yeah and then right after that you got drogon trying to wake up daenerys and he's doing it like simba trying to wake up mufasa and that was probably the saddest moment of the episode for me and because in this moment you realize that drogon has lost everything he's lost his brothers his mothers his house he's only like six years old and he has to live another 200 years by himself basically unless he gets another rider but i don't think he's gonna go for john after this isn't that crazy though zach the, in the final episode of all Game of Thrones, the most emotional you felt was for a CGI creation. 
Well, just that whole <laughs> scene was sad. I mean, with Daenerys, and it was all sad. Okay, true. Good point. Yeah. Good point. I wasn't sad for her, dude. She just burned the city. Whatever. I was sad. For, <laughs> I was sad that John had. To, it was just that he loved her, and he had to yeah, do that. Yeah, true. That'd be yeah. like one of us trying to stab our girlfriends. Man, that would suck. Yeah. That, that was so tragic. It was really tragic. You know what else was tragic was Tyrion, this character who he's not directly involved for the murder of all of his family members, but he's either directly or indirectly involved to all their murders. They could all be tied back to him. Like his mother died giving birth to him. He killed his father directly. And then he's indirectly in a way killed Jamie and Cersei by joining Daenerys. We might not see it that way as a viewers, but Tyrion could feel that way as a character because he, mm-hmm. for one, he sent Jamie back to go save them. And then they died on the route that he told him to take. And he also joined the enemy of his family, and she ended up being evil. So that's just such a tragic character for me, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. his family was also mostly evil. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Not his mom. Yeah, I was going to ask, I was gonna ask, why did you guys think that he drug on burn the throne? Well, you, who would you guys say earlier? I said he was just, he just realized that the, the throne was what had consumed Daenerys, and so he was just over it. I figured that he was just more mad at the throne than he was mad at John, because that's, but I, that also didn't make sense because he's the one that burned King's Landing on Daenerys' behalf. So yeah. I don't know. It's like, yeah. oh, is he that smart to realize that? That's the, I don't have a good answer for that. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool thought. It's a cool thought that it could be that. Yeah. Like, I was talking about this with you, Zach, the other day. Is Drogon smart enough to attach meanings and symbolisms to object? Or is he not quite that smart? Is he not quite at human level, but close? Yeah, it kind of depends. Yeah, it's not... I mean, because we... Well, Tyrion did say once that dragons are intelligent and they're possibly more intelligent than men. But it's not confirmed 100%. A lot of speculation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And... But they do feel things. Yeah, because like we have seen Drogon feel for his mom, like when Jorah died, and we've seen when the when the dragons recognized that Tyrion was there to help them when they were in, locked up. Yeah, I kind of agree with Luke though. Drogon, especially the dragons in general, but Drogon especially has been showed to be temperamental, yeah, and angry, hot headed. So I really thought he would have lashed out at John, who he sees yeah. holding his mother his mother's dead body in his arms mm-hmm. i thought mm-hmm. i thought he would have lashed out at him yeah i thought it would have been cool if he did maybe drogon bites at him and then john sidesteps him plunges long claw straight through his mouth little chamber of secrets style mm-hmm. basilisk <laughs> would have been cool yeah I, I had a theory my theory on just why it didn't go down like that i was thinking maybe just because like we know in the history of westeros that there was a targaryen civil war and dragons yeah. have killed targaryens so it can't be it's not just that but i was thinking maybe because there, may, there might have been a time in history where it's one dragon and one targaryen left that he didn't do it for that reason yeah that's my theory with it because i can't sense the targaryen blood and all that mm-hmm. so yeah and so yeah i mean for for me, up like right up to this mark, this is about forty five minutes into the episode, and I thought it was pretty good right up to there. And then right after that is when it started to fall off. Yeah, besides the, the Cersei Jamie part, but other yeah. than that, I thought it was pretty good. And then we get suddenly it's a month later, it's not snowing anymore, and I just didn't really like this grouping scene overall. It just felt like they didn't spend enough time really thinking this out. Just yeah. this is the decision they're gonna make, and then they're listening to a prisoner the whole time. And the roasting of Edmure was funny. 
Uh, yeah, I didn't <laughs> like that he even stood up. I was like, dude, what are you doing? Sit down, Edbeer. <laughs> they should have killed his character off back in season five or six. Yeah, this dude was just locked up for the past couple years, and he thinks he's just going to stroll in and be king. No way. Yeah. <laughs> and then Sam tries to start democracy, and everyone pans it. I thought that was funny. And I honestly, for a second, thought that they might go that route, like that they were going to do the democracy. And then then it quickly, everyone just starts laughing. I'm like, all right, no way. Yeah, that wouldn't even make sense that they would all agree to that. When they all started laughing at him, I felt so embarrassed because I was like, yeah. shit, I literally, I had a theory about this. I know, like I've talked about that too. So I was like, damn, yeah, I'm a fool. Yeah. And then, then Tyrion suggests Bran and like, okay, I, it, it makes sense because he can Logically, use- yeah. Logically, yeah, because he can use the memories of all the former kings and queens to learn how to be the best ruler and what people did wrong. And people can't scheme against him as much because he can see things. He can look into like he can look into their past and see what they're doing if they're trying to dethrone him. And I yeah. think he could be a fair rule and not get corrupt by power, like we've seen every other ruler this in this show. They've all been corrupt in some way. But dude, this dude just sucks. Like Bran just, <laughs> I don't know. And even, and even Isaac Wright who plays him said that he thought it was a joke the first time he read the script and saw that. And I just think it shows a little bit how they just didn't use him, this character properly the past couple of seasons in the books. He's the first point of view character after the prologue in the first book. And George always comes back to him in the season, in the next books, even as Tyrion and John get more focused in the books. And in the show, you know, he's the only main character not to appear in an entire season. He wasn't in season five. And yeah. this is the dude that we, who ends it on the throne. And it's like, they could have shown him training. They could have had him just be a little less cold and less of a weirdo, I think. Yeah. And and in, and he had like three lines between episode four and five. Yeah. And it just seems like it comes out of nowhere. There wasn't like development on it. Yeah. And I get it's a whole, it's a very Game of Thrones ending that it's the twist that he's it. But I just... Uh, didn't Isaac uh, Wright also say he felt like his character was more of an observer? Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna do that. I got that quote here in a little bit too. Yeah, and yeah, I was gonna say, like, I like Bran at the beginning of the show. I thought he did a good job, even when he was Lord of Winterfell there for a little bit. He was the little lord, he was yeah. ten or eleven, but then yeah, then he just gone. He just kind of fell off as a character for me. I was thinking maybe he could have been scheming for the throne as well. Like he could have been playing the Game of Thrones this whole time because. He helped reveal John's origin, which was a major cause in Daenerys' demise. And it got everyone to yeah. start scheming against Daenerys to get John on the throne. And then he gave Arya the blade. Well, no one would have known without him. Yeah, no one wouldn't. Well, yeah, because I don't think Sam would have connected it to that be that big of a deal. No. Then he gave Arya the blade, which was confirmed was done for a reason. And we, we at the time, we thought it was for Littlefinger, but it was probably obviously for the Night King. Yeah. It's, it's reasonable to think he could have had a vision of himself being the king. Because we've seen also the, just some times like where he said he was waiting for an old friend. He was clearly waiting for Jamie to roll up. And then there's the whole thing with the dagger. So he, we know that he's seen some stuff. But to clarify for everyone, he doesn't. He can't see the future completely. Yeah, just glimpses. He has green sight. And he has visions. But it's never just, oh, he can just call on that whenever he wants and see what's going to happen with everyone. But yeah, so I want to read that quote you were talking about, Ross, from yeah. Isaac Wright again. He says, it's interesting how everyone is getting so worked up about the fact that Bran doesn't do anything. I mean, he's disabled and his powers as a three-eyed raven basically don't really allow him to interfere with things that much. I think that's the very point of a three-eyed raven. The reason there is a three-eyed raven who is so weird and so calm is because their job is to observe. It's not to start interfering with things. And that's made pretty clear by the previous three-eyed raven who goes, you can't mess with the past because you see what's going to happen when you do. Because there's that whole Hodor scene. Hodor. <laughs> For me, when I 
was originally reading this, I was thinking, oh, well, then how's he going to be a king if he can't really interfere Make decisions. With stuff? Or... Yeah. But I like, I think Luke had a take on that, right, Luke? Yeah, I just figured that he'd use Tyrion as his kind of like surrogate. So Tyrion would just, because he, he knows that Ty- Tyrion like learns from his mistakes and that Tyrion is humble about it and he knows when he's wrong mm-hmm. and he's been wrong before and he's admitted it brand knows this and i think brand that's why brand chooses him to be the hand because he's like hey dude like i you know you fucked up i know you fucked up but you admit it and you learn from it and like even jorah says to danny in episode three was it he said he said he he learns from his mistakes he two. makes mistakes but he learns from him like, oh, no, that, yeah that was two that was two was it two star oh yeah, yeah it was my bad it was right before the battle and yeah, he, he makes mistakes and he learns from him. So yeah, he knows that he's fallible and that's what makes him human and that's what makes him good to be hand. Yeah, Tyrion. It, that ma- that all made sense to me. Yeah, and yeah. I was actually just thinking about this too, is that Tyrion's main fault in a lot of this was that his loyalty to his family and he doesn't have that anymore either. He doesn't have yeah. that bias. True. Yeah, but even, even in that situation, I, f- I feel like Bran is still making decisions. He's still, you know, altering things. I like the theory, but it's still, it just doesn't, resolve the conflict in the quote in his character for me yeah i didn't think that quote made a big difference like he knew he had to come it's not like he went he just he just knew because he had to show up like he saw he probably saw it in a vision he's like okay well that means i have to be there it's not like he's changing anything he just knows he's like well i have to be here for this or else you know the future will be fucked up like zach was saying yeah i got you he can't try to change that shit yeah like that quote for me meant like he can't interfere with the Battle of Winterfell like that really or just with what happened with Daenerys mm-hmm. and King's Landing because it's kind of like the Doctor Strange thing if it you know any sort of if he reveals anything then it might not happen mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly that just makes his character so boring to me though like he just sits there he's just a, a rolling encyclopedia so yeah then the scene after this or the, the part after this is just Sansa just deciding to secede confuses me because I don't understand why all the lords are just going to let Sansa throw fit, go independent, get their own kingdom, but they have to remain loyal. I, I just, especially with you know the Greyjoys, have always tried to go independent, and they've started two rebellions. Like I could easily see Yara starting another rebellion here, <laughs> third re- Greyjoy rebellion in what twenty years, very soon. Yeah, and then and Dorne especially too. Like they've never wanted to be a part of the Seven Kingdoms, and they easily right now have like the best army, and they have the terrain that just makes it hard to attack Dorne. Yeah. To be fair, though, Bran will probably rule more wisely than any other ruler. Yeah, hundred percent. I just but Zach Dorn is Dorn is the one that wanted to be incorporated into the Seven Kingdoms. Like they voluntarily did it. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And then yeah, after this, I liked all the goodbyes with all the Starks. Brienne becoming the new Kingsguard and filling in Jamie's story. I really liked that part. You know, she's writing in. She also wrote in that Tyrion's going to kill or kill Joffrey, which is funny because then the whole book said that he doesn't exist. So everyone's just going to think that. Yeah, and that, that didn't make yeah. sense. Yeah, what? Wait, what do you guys think about that? Like, why did he say that he's not in it? Because he was a major player. He was the hand, and he killed Tywin. My my take on it is just that, like, with history, is people just write it how they want it. You know, even in real life history, people can just change stuff 
I was thinking maybe I'm off base with this and maybe this doesn't make sense, but maybe the Archmaester wrote it as a biography, maybe like first person view from Tyrion. Maybe that's just totally off base. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't think that would be it. Because he was just so instrumental, like the Battle of Blackwater. Blackwater. Yeah. Even, but even back then, remember Varys thanked him, but no one else thanked him for that whole battle either. Yeah, I was going to bring that up mm-hmm. too. And Tywin was like, "Yeah, that kind of parallel." What do you want for it? You want a pat on the back or something? Like, <laughs> when they really just yeah. dicked him out of it, out of all the glory. Mm-hmm. And then I also, know, I don't, we didn't bring this up, but just Brienne was wearing a new sigil, and it was a Three Eyed Raven sigil. I thought that was interesting that he got his own. He got a new one. He's not using the Stark. And everyone's going to think Tyrion killed Joffrey from Brienne. We didn't mention that. Yeah. Because she says Joffrey killed by Tyrion when it was actually Elena. No, no. That was no. That was already written. That was already written in the book. Oh, I thought she, she wrote that. She didn't write that. In, no, no. There was The passages were written up till, I think, till that passage. Like, that was already written, and then she took it up from there. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Because, like, the page was already half filled out. Yeah. Dang. Oh, okay. okay. Either way. Like, she was reading it and then finished his Tyrion's story. Tyrion's got to rewrite that. <laughs> Tyrion's yeah. got to rewrite yeah. that. And then right after that, I think the scene that I remember was just, so Grey Worm kind of is just waiting for John to take off, too. I think that's kind of what he's doing. I think he was going to leave until John left was my take on it. And then, yeah, like you were saying, Ross, they're going to they're going to Noth. And for listeners who don't know, that island is full of killer butterflies. Yeah. And, <laughs> and everyone who lives, anyone who ever tried to settle Noth dies within a year. Because nah. the but all the butterflies yeah. there carry it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Only the islanders are immune. I'm surprised. You know, Masande kind of forgot to mention that <laughs> earlier. I know that was probably <laughs> important. But the thing is, what a lot of the people that would come there to capture the people of Noth as slaves would do was they would come during the nighttime because the butterflies slept at nighttime. And if they only stayed there for a couple hours, then they could go on land and uh-huh. they'd be fine. Yeah, as long as you're only there for a very short time, you yeah. could be okay. But but. They're about to go settle that. Grey Worm is just going to go back and forth, <laughs> nighttime, daytime. Yeah. And then the meeting of the small council, I didn't really like the scene. I think, yeah, the <laughs> best part I already said, I liked the whole pod the rod, get, becoming a member of the King's Guard. And I liked I liked that Davos, too, was he was correcting Bronze grammar, but a couple <laughs> seasons ago, he couldn't even read. It was kind of a cool little full circle thing. Well, he corrected grammar before that, too. Because you know how... Yeah, yeah. He, he actually, he yeah. did, huh? <laughs> Stannis always corrected people when they said more than or something or yeah and then he's like fewer uh, okay. yeah fewer <laughs> yeah that's true so that was or a nice less, little callback yeah. but yeah i didn't really like that scene overall just like Tyrion messing with the chairs just like we could have got 30 seconds more of something else the, for the show because yeah. it's wrapping up i think i figured that braun reacted like that to drogon was probably just because he's kind of scared because he's the one who shot drogon a couple seasons or in season seven yeah he's seen him up close and then i think yeah i was gonna ask you guys where do you guys think that Drogon is going. It kind of sounded like Sam was saying that when he was cutting him off, it sounded like he was saying to say Valeria, so Essos. I thought he was saying he's going east towards Volantis, but then uh, Bron cut him Volant- off. Okay, it could have been so Volantis. like obvious. I mean, like cut him off, yeah. like Volantis is just west of Valeria, so like he has to fly through. So that's what I was thinking too. That he like was vol- flying either to Volantis or Valeria. I thought they just said he was flying east. He said east yeah. towards Volantis. He was last thing. If you listen to it closely, he uh, says he was last seen flying east towards Volantis. Nice. But you gotta like you gotta play it back and listen to it. Yeah, because yeah, Brand like cuts him off like as the V sound starts yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Which is Volantis is right directly north of old Valeria, so maybe he's going back there. Who knows? 
Yeah. Yeah. And then right after that was the cut scene with all the Starks in various parts of the world, which is like probably one of my favorite. Just that cut was my favorite parts of the whole show, just all eight yeah. seasons. And the music was great. Wait, that was your favorite scene of the whole show? No, I said it was one of my favorite oh, scenes okay. of the yeah. whole of the whole series in general. That was pretty just sweet. Just because they all kind of got where the, what they wanted. Mm-hmm. And the show, you know, Arya heading west, Christopher Columbus style. <laughs> John's walking through Castle Black with the free folk all around him. Just people really appreciate him. Sansa becoming queen. I especially like John smiling and petting ghosts, finally. <laughs> I was with that. Good boy pets. Good boy pets yes, only. Yes, good boy pets. I love it. deserve all the pets, man. He's a good doggo. <laughs> Yeah, then it comes full circle, and the whole story starts, or it ends where it started, which is north of the wall. Yeah. I like that. I, people were mad that John got sent up here, but that's Bran sent him there because that's where he always wanted to be. You know, He said yeah. he never wanted to be king of Westeros, and this looked like the happiest I'd really seen him in a truly a long time, it felt like. Really? And I think so. He looked pretty happy. Dude, when that's a question I have for you guys. When he showed up, he just like looked at Tormund and like stared at him. I thought he was gonna be like smiling, just cause yeah, he's back in the north where he always wanted to be. Well, I'm sure know? Tormund knows if he got sent up there for something that couldn't have been something good. Yeah, I don't know if Tormund knew. I thought he had a little smirk, maybe going. I don't know. It just when he was walking through and then leaving, and it just but yeah, like back in season eight, episode four, he told Tormund that he always wished he could go north. So. And just with the free folk birthright doesn't mean anything. And like, that's something that's a concept that's tormented him his whole life from being a bastard to then being a Targaryen and would have continued for the rest of it. Honestly, if he stayed down in Westeros, you know what I don't get though, is why didn't anyone bring up his birthright? Why didn't anyone, why didn't Sansa, Bran, Sam, Arya, or Tyrion bring up that he was Aegon Targaryen? I was thinking my theory, maybe you think that he just doesn't want people to know or, I, I was thinking, well, because in, in the end, it wouldn't have, it just, they were doing a whole different way to rule anyway. But then yeah. maybe if he, if they do bring that up, then it looks like to Yara, it looks like to the Dorn ally prince, it looks like to Grey Worm that maybe he killed her to take the throne for himself because he's a mm. Targaryen, the true heir. Yeah. And that would maybe cause some sort of rebellion, rebellion or, as it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would yeah. look bad. It would look bad. So that that's what I was thinking. Maybe that would be very Game of Thrones, though. Would it would, but then we'd have to keep the show going. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> so yeah, and then just yeah, the ending with John was really good. I liked that it ended with him, and he's free now, and he's gonna go. He didn't even listen. And he still just went north. And he's gonna be with the free folk. Badass. I liked mm-hmm. it. I think that that's it for the that's it for this part. So okay, fan questions at V Potter One D. What was the point of sending John to the wall? There are no more White Walkers and the Wildlings are not enemies anymore. Does the Night's Watch still need to exist? We kind of answered this. Yeah, so I think Bran sent him there. He had to make peace. Grand Worm needed something since he thought he should die. Yeah. Bran kind of knows that that's where John wanted to be. And yeah, I think there's peace for now, but stuff moves quick in this world. You know, a generation from now, the Wildlings could be fighting the people of the south of the wall again or vice versa. Who really knows now that there's an independent kingdom in between all that now too? Who knows? Wall's kind of messed up now. Though, Wall's kind of fucked up, but they, yeah, <laughs> they'd have to rebuild that too. Yeah, I don't think there's a need for the Night's Watch anymore. Yeah, that was kind of some trickery trickery by Bran. Yeah. He's probably thinking, oh, John's already going to want to go up here anyway, so we'll just give this to Grey Worm and make him happy. I think it makes sense that the Night's Watch is still there. Like, I'm on the same boat as you, Zach. They kind of need to be there for, for the future just in case the Northerners and Wildlings have conflict again. And yeah. also, it's hard for traditions to die in Westeros. It took 300 years for them to 
start electing a king and that's just the lords and ladies so seeing the night's watch just be dissolved i i mean it, yeah. I, it, i'm not mad it's still around yeah in the current you're you guys are right in the current state with john as a leader of the well not really leader but they're go, they're all gonna follow him so yeah he's pretty much the leader of the free folk and then sansa is the leader of the northmen no there's not really any short-term problems gonna come up but mm-hmm one of them could get assassinated or die eventually. John could just die with the cold up north just randomly. Things could go different. Things mm-hmm. could go down. So Okay, next one. At Rodri Colpe, is the green eyes theory just thrown out the window? Seems like it. What do you guys think? What's your take? I mean, so well in the books, like Littlefinger has gray green eyes. It's that's not perfect. I think he had I'd say he had blue in the show. Yeah. Um, but also Melisandre is just she's wrong a lot about prophecies. Mm-hmm. And on top of everything, Arya did kill a shit ton of Freys. <laughs> like, there could have been one of them that had green eyes. Well, yeah, but I think the eyes they're talking about were of sig- significant people. Yeah, so they're meaning, like, Cersei or Daenerys. Yeah. I was just going to say, when she said that quote, like, when she said, you'll shut all these eyes forever, the green eyes, blue eyes, brown eyes, that was even before they knew the ending. So I, I, I don't think they... Yeah. It's not like that was, like, a prophecy, in in-stone prophecy. The problem with me for that is just why would they bring back that quote to give a little foreshadowing for her killing the Night King, but then, but then ha- only the parts of it that are convenient to the plot were brought back, but then they just ignore it for the rest. That was kind of my problem with it. Yeah. At Lance three 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 three. So Dario, <laughs> any thoughts about what's <laughs> happening in Essos right now? Man, I feel like Dario's probably got a lot to deal with the Marine with just how hostile it's always been over there, and now Daenerys is dead. Yeah. I guess he, I don't know if he's gonna rule. He, I, I feel like he might even just leave because since she's not there to run anything, and who knows, maybe he hears word of what happens and then he tries to go and kill Jon Snow. Like that would be sick. That'd be a cool little spin of the story. Yeah, we'll never get to see it though. Yeah, we'll never know. I mean, we always know. He always did say that Daenerys is a conqueror, not a ruler, and like this is what happens to conquerors. So maybe he just thinks she could have died. It could happen. Damn, I had so many theories on him coming back and helping Daenerys, and then. He just never got shown yeah. ever again in the show. Kind of sucks. Essos got dogged a little bit this season. Yeah, Essos wasn't even a thing this season, but it was, yeah. it, was, it was all about the throne. At ASAP Trill, thoughts on the Drogon cliffhanger with Bran and the small council? I think he means just when Bran said he can take care of that, just finding out where Drogon is. Is he asking if Bran can warg into Drogon? I think that's, well, he's asking what we think. Yeah. I think he's he was going to warg into Ravens and find him, not warg into Drogon. Yeah. yeah. He could, I mean, he could, we maybe he could. Possibly. It's possible, but we still don't know the extent of his Wi-Fi. So. Yeah. Also, <laughs> also a solid excuse to just get out of that meeting. Yeah. yeah he's like, all right, I'm dipping. I'm, I'm straight up becoming Robert Baratheon 2.0. Yeah. We're going to look for Drogon. Yeah, yeah. We don't know how far he could reach. And like Drogon's probably deep at this point. I feel mm-hmm. like it would probably be the Ravens. But yeah, could be. what if right after Bran becomes king, he just starts like getting whores to come in and just starts banging whores and drinking a shit ton of wine? Who, Bran? <laughs> yeah, he just pulls a complete Robert Baratheon on everyone. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> fuck it, I'm king now. Can he even do that? Like, Sansa kind of roasted him. Yeah, she did. I mean, he could do that, he's in power now. So, at Bigfoot 798, what do you think is beyond the maps? I assume meaning uh west yeah what is west go for it on this but well we still don't know on obviously in our universe in our physics worlds have to be spherical george r R. martin's is spherical too okay for for 100 okay yeah well then i would say the farthest 
so the farthest thing to the east of Westeros is, so there's Ashai, and beyond that, there's the Saffron Straits, which separate the east edge of Essos, basically, from Olthos. Or Olthos might even be connected, but Olthos is basically the far, far east. Very little is said about it. Mm-hmm. George R. R. Martin basically uses it as an allegory for here, like, here lies dragons. This is just beyond even the knowledge of any Westeros. This is east, the east of east. Yeah, they don't really know what's there is what you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think if you go west of Westeros, you're probably going to get to Ulthos or Sithorios. And the reason no one's been back is because both of those places are incredibly dangerous. They're both densely filled with jungles. Mm-hmm. They have the people that live there. are There's a lot of cannibalistic tribes. There's very dangerous creatures like wyverns, lizard men, shit like like crazy shit like that. The, and that's south of is that south of Essos? Yeah, Sothoros is south. Yeah, Sothorios yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, that's Sothorios, right. my bad. Yeah, Sothorios, and then Olthos is kind of it's east of the mountain, undetermined. Yeah, it's east, it's east or south, and it's undetermined if it's a completely its own island or if it's connected at any point to Essos or what. Either they're gonna hit those places or. There's another continent in between that because just like Christopher Columbus, when he came over, he was expecting to get to the far east. He was expecting to get to India and he hit America and he thought it was India. So maybe she'll hit a new continent and she'll be like, oh, this is Ulthos. This is Sothorios. Yeah, because, yeah, everyone everyone who's ever tried to sail the Sunset Sea dies in the book or, or ends up returning without much of an answer. I think there was one girl name was Elisa Farman, and she lived during the reign of Jaharis Targaryen the first, and she sailed southwest. Or Jaharis. Jaharis, sorry, yeah, yeah. Jaharis. And she sailed southwest with three ships and lost like two in a storm pretty quickly before she eventually discovered a couple islands, some exotic islands, and she named them after Aegon, Rhaenys, and Visenya. Yeah. And she then like sailed west from there and was never seen again. And like many years later, her ship was spotted somewhere in Ashai. So. That's Essos if she did make it. But yeah, I mean like no one really no one really makes it. Where did she go in Essos? She went to Ash High. Oh Ashai, yeah. Ashai, sorry. <laughs> Ash High. Did I say I thought I said Ashai at first, actually. Ashai. <laughs> you might have, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What was that girl's name? Because there was tar- one Targaryen that explored Sothorios on her dragon too. So was that the same person? No, this was a girl who uh, no. Wasn't a dragon rider. Farman. Elisa Farman. Yeah for man yeah one of the targaryens <laughs> hopped on the back of their dragon because i mean if you had a dragon you could explore so much shit so True. and she just went to sothorios and she flew over the jungles and apparently sothorios is possibly bigger than essos according to her because she flew down for days until she got past the jungle and the whole like northern tip of sothorios is a massive jungle and then below mm-hmm. that there's these mountains and there's a huge, huge, like, just vast desert. And at that point, she just turned around because she didn't want to get lost in the desert. And yeah. it took her, like, months to do all that exploring. So, Sothorios, in her accounts, is most likely bigger than Essos or of similar size. Yeah, and she was on a dragon, so she was covered yeah. in some ground. Yeah, she was hauling. Was John's identity reveal ultimately a waste of time for us? Mm, I didn't no. think so. No, I didn't think so either. I mean, yeah. like his li- his lineage helps drive Daenerys, you know, to burn King's Landing, paranoia and all that. And it, like we said, it caused that whole s- plot against Daenerys yeah. with there being the alternative of Jon. I talked about this with you quite a bit the other day, Zach, and I think what I came to realize was his identity reveal does feel like a little bit of a letdown because his character, or for me anyways, his character never really gets a resolution 
with that information, but it does play a pivotal role in the story itself. So it's not a waste of time, but it does feel like a letdown to me because his character never really came full circle with that knowledge. Yeah, but he ne- he just never wanted the throne anyway. And if he didn't know his lineage, then he would still be with Daenerys, probably likely. Just because his name was Aegon Targaryen doesn't mean like he has to take the throne. John is a he's a dude from the north. He's a Northman. Like even though he is Aegon Tar- Gar- Targaryen, he grew up in the north. That's where he belongs. And like he him as a character is not his name. You know. Yeah. It's John. His his character is Jon Snow more than yeah. Aegon. Yeah, exactly. But also at the same time, he could own up to being Aegon, but still not take the throne. He can refute the throne. It's it goes both ways. I feel at Juan Cas. What was the point of Azor High? You got a take on this, Ross? What was the point of Azor High? I know you have a take on it. Yeah. Well, Azor High isn't in the show. That's a big yeah, thing. It's very similar to the Prince Who Is Promised, which is in the show, though. Mm-hmm. And the Prince Who Is Promised and Azor High are actually prophecies from Essos. What's interesting is there was another long night that happened around the same time as the original Long Night in Westeros, that also happened in Essos. So the Yeeti Empire, which is, if you know where Karth is, which is where Daenerys goes in season two, she meet, she goes to the House of, House of the Undying. Basically, the Yeeti Empire is east and a little northish from Karth and across the Red Waste. And from there, basically, the mythology is a little out there, but they said demons, like ice white demons, maybe not ice demons, came across the gray waste and they erected these huge structures called the five forts, which is also analogous to the wall in Westeros to keep out the invading force of demons, which was what they called them. So it could, Azor High could have been an Essos, uh, somebody from Essos. Yeah, it could have been something different. Mm-hmm. That, that might be why it's irrelevant to Westeros, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think the prince that was promised could have borrowed some just elements for the show and yeah. for me i think it could have i think it could have been done i think that the lord of light brought john back for a reason i've said it on a couple of past pods and i was thinking maybe it was he was supposed to die for someone or if he had to kill someone i think him killing daenerys she was the darkness in the end it wasn't the night king it was her and what she could have done to westeros yeah. and him killing her and plunging his sword is the same way that azora high plunged he had to put a sword through his lover's heart and so i think in a way it could have done it and it's not perfect and like george r, r. martin has said he's always said prophecies are a double-edged sword and they can add depth and interest to a story but you don't always want to take them too literal or too easy so it's yeah. not perfect but i think it could work in that i think it works in that way i do think that john was brought back for a reason and i think that fulfills it in my opinion i actually just came up with a theory when i was thinking about this so the only people that push the prince that was promised prophecy in the show are from essos like Melisandre, and the only other person who, or one of the only other people that knows about it all as well is Missandei, who's also from Essos. So maybe the people of Essos... And Beric, right? Uh, Beric and... Well, Beric is told about it from Thoros. Yes. Yeah, so in the end, yeah, he learned that from Thoros and then he adopted that ideology. So I'm thinking maybe Azor High and Prince, the prince I was promised is exclusive to Essos and all the, these Essos people that are coming over are trying to put that character who is from Essos into the situation in Westerosi because it seems, or in Westeros, because it seems very similar and there's this impending doom coming and it really mm-hmm. ties in with a lot of the prophecies about what happened in Essos as well. Mm-hmm. So that could be a reason 
to why they were misinterpreting the prophecy and why it never came true, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, I did remember the quote that Beric did say to John. It was when they were north of the wall, he said, or beyond the wall, and he said, you and I won't find much joy while we're here, but we can keep others alive. We can defend those who can't defend themselves. And I think John said that he was the guardian of the realm, said something like that back to him. Yeah, shields that guard the realm of men. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I think I think it all I think it fits for me. Luke, you got a take on that? Uh, yeah, Azora hides from the books, and people are like trying to project. I don't know. I didn't think of the Esso shit like you guys did, but I just figured like people are trying to project like the books prophecies onto the show when they don't in the show they don't really lay out him forging the sword and then putting it through his lover's heart. They're trying to just fit the show to the books prophecy. I don't know. I just never took it like so literally. Well, they do talk about. Yeah. yeah, she does talk about Lightbringer. Yeah, they talk about some of that stuff. They don't talk about how he forged it and stuff. Well, he did pull it from the ma- the Maiden, didn't he? When they were burning the Seven. I think she just says that he will pull it. She'll pull, he'll pull Lightbringer into the world or something like that is what she says. But th- she doesn't go like deep. Like she doesn't lay it out for people, you know? Yeah, yeah. you're talking about in, the, in this first episode of season two. Yeah, yeah. when they're burning the idols and then he pulls the sword out of the statue. Is it, Doesn't he pull her, the sword out of the mother? idol or I, I don't remember. know i could be pulling that out of my ass <laughs> i can't remember that part exactly yeah. don't don't hold me to that yeah it's just like with prophecies they don't always work out like everyone really wanted the whole Tyrion was going to kill his sister thing or jamie was going to kill his sister and that line wasn't even mentioned in the in the show they left that in the out. valencar line yeah yeah they left out that specific part like everything else was mentioned but that line and there's a lot of prophecies they left out like the house of the undying was way more in depth in the books too so mm-hmm. just a lot of the prophecies they cut Okay, next question. At Fridge Alarm, how will ha- House Targaryen survive if Jon is not allowed to have a woman? It won't. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he probably will. I doubt he really follows those rules. He's a free man now. He's with the free folk. He's up north. Yeah, he's a free man. I was thinking he may not even, potentially he may not even want a kid just due to all the problems his lineage has caused. <laughs> that he yeah. just move on from it. Mm-hmm. But it could still go on. I don't know if you would give him. Would you think you would give him the Targaryen name? He didn't even take it for himself. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's a tough question. His kid. Yeah. Would he name his kid a Targaryen, or would he name them a Stark or a Snow? Yeah, I don't know. That's a question. It's not like his kid would be recorded. Like no one would know that he yeah. has a kid, or it, the kid's not. Yeah, you just raise him probably in the, in, as a free folk. Actually, don't the free folk give themselves names too? Yeah. So the free folk have this kind of weird thing they do with their names. Is they don't they believe it's bad luck and that the child could die if they name it before it's two just because that's how harsh their world is up there they don't before before it's two years old yeah before the baby's two years old so they they like think about it they probably don't want to get attached to the child before mm-hmm. because they lose so many babies up there that might yeah it's just a really harsh environment yeah it's just a, not a good place to live yeah moving on at slight litness <laughs> do you think john is the new king beyond the wall like mance radar no way not in the same sense as mance but he's definitely a leader and people definitely love to follow him so he will be a natural leader but he's not gonna he's not gonna be like naming himself king yeah. or anything. he's kind of a legend among the free folk because he came back from the dead also he, he is yeah and a lot of his greatest accomplishments were done north of the wall or at the wall so yeah, and uh, yeah, the free the free folk don't really take kings unless it's for like a unified reason in history. Yeah, like going south because the White Walkers are killing everyone, or just la- usually when they're trying to go south and take land, it's usually when they name a king beyond the wall. Solid point. At Sirla Flair, are y'all satisfied with the ending, or do you think we deserve 
more episodes so it didn't feel so rushed. What do you guys think? Ross kind of already – you've already gave your take yeah. on this, right? Luke, yeah. Luke would you? I feel like 10 episodes would have been nice. No. Are you saying Are you saying 10 just this season? Yeah. Okay. Would have made it feel a lot less rushed. Or even 8 would be a lot better. Yeah. And even, Zach, you've said this multiple times. You said, oh, this movie could have been – or, sorry, this show could have been could have been split into two shows. They should have just done that. They should have made it 10 just like every other season and Daenerys's build up into the mad queen would have felt more natural. And maybe we would, yeah. we would have been able to get more build up for, or just, just, yeah, like a, a bit more build up for brand becoming the King, not just out of nowhere, like zero to 100. He's <laughs> yeah. the King. So yeah, I think we, we did deserve more episodes. We should have gotten more. It, it would have been smoother. Yeah. I think maybe last season they could have added one more, yeah, just in some of those parts, or spread out some more minutes among that season around around the beyond the wall part. Yeah, maybe. maybe. And then this season, I think that like episode three, not episode three, sorry, episode four. I think that could have been split up into two episodes. Yeah, and this one, and this last one, where I was forty five minutes in, and if they cut the episode right there where she where he stabs Daenerys, I was like that could have been an episode. Well, and then yeah. it's just more establishment after that, like really figuring out what they're going to do like with Tyrion's trial at the end and yeah. John they could have just made that a little, a little longer or you just distribute more minutes on They could have split up they could have split up all the 80 minute episodes into like 50 to 60 minute episodes you know Yeah I think like what Ross said I would have been good with 8 this season Yeah just if they had just done like every other one 10 Yeah just do 10 I don't know why That made sense I'm thinking about it right now and I think 10 would be good because Split up episode four and episode six into two episodes and then split up episode three or just give two more episodes of development in the whole arc between episode one and three. And that would have made if they would have given two more episodes to that whole thing, it would have given them more time to set up the Night King's death. It would have given them more time to make the heroes and the living fail a little bit more. Well, they yeah, they could have showed that the armies were beating them back more like the first episode, the yeah. first episode of, of if you split episode three would have been them like holding them back. And then episode, the second episode could have been like everything just getting breached and run over and made the night King, you know, just build up the night King more because they yeah. defeated him in an episode. I think people would have, yeah, people wouldn't have had as many problems as they did if they would have split that up. I think. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was okay with the first three. I think that if, if they were needed, in my opinion, if they just needed to distribute more, it would have been after episode three going to the end. Yeah. For me, for, for me it would have started at episode three. At the first 80-minute episode, they should have just, should have been two two episodes. Also, another episode to maybe like bridge the gap between three and four because the tone changed so much between three and four. It just it felt like it was a, a new season, honestly. But yeah, I mean, that, that's what I was saying too, after three. Yeah, me. yeah. At Mokan Twitch, do you know what's going on with inside the episode? I can't believe they've done this to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I felt the same way. I was, like, I was kind of surprised they didn't yeah, talk after that, but I was waiting for it. I think I feel like that's probably also the hook that they're going to do with their two-hour. They're doing a two-hour documentary this next Sunday for all the listeners. Yeah, and they'll probably do their interviews during that. And it's funny because yeah, D and D have done no post interviews after this episode. Anyone they haven't talked about the finale at all. 
they're out just getting drunk on some <laughs> island right now with their wives and they didn't they had their phone shut off during the final and everything yeah so what well, i think that that is why they did that personally that was kind of my take on that too as well zach because they're yeah. saving it for the behind the scenes doc mm-hmm. okay at kyle cohen 33 can you guys go over everyone in the meeting where brand becomes king so let's just start let's start with this i with sam so there's sam all right there's Edmir Tolley's to two to the right of him, and there's someone in between. And like I assume that that is the current leader of High Garden before Braun takes it over. That's kind of what I was thinking, just with the location. You think so? Just thinking, just with the location. Or he could just be a Lord of the Reach. There's other lords. There's like the Red Winds or Red Wines. Well, I was thinking because Sam Sam's house is loyal to High Garden, so that he would yeah. sit by them, unless he mm-hmm. was representing the the maesters but yeah i was gonna say he he's more like representing the maesters i don't think he's yeah maybe it could be right i mean it could be either way it could be one of those for sure yeah. and then then you got aria brand sansa to the right of that is brienne davos gendry and i assume that that must be someone loyal to house baratheon to the one right of the bannerman one of yeah, the, yeah. someone probably helping advising him since he's only been a fucking lord for a month. Just Storm's End boy. Yeah. On top of everything, it's just like, how do you, do you like, did he get some papers before Daenerys died? <laughs> I know. To lock him in, is to lock him in to be the heir? Because she's dead now. <laughs> Imagine how that conversation goes. He just shows up at Storm's End and he's like, yeah, the, <laughs> the lady that burned down all of King's Landing made me king. So I'm your king now. Yeah. I'm Robert's bastard, by the way, too. Just for that even when she named him i was like well how's that gonna go over because it doesn't mean they have to accept him as their king like yeah yeah if she doesn't win it seemed kind of a little random and then to the right of that there's yara there's the prince of dorn and then to the left of yara it looks like this guy's wearing some sort of northern just fit looks very northern like so he's probably maybe who is loyal or who takes over the dread fort now or someone else up there, maybe whoever takes the Car Starks place. Cause... He's a Bolton, maybe. Yeah, or whoever takes over that, because isn't House Bolton extinct? Not confirmed, but their main line is extinct. They could yeah. still, there could still be others like uncles and stuff. Honestly, maybe he looks he looks like an older Howland Reed. Maybe he looks kind of like a Mormont a little bit, like a Bear Island. He could be a Bear Island person, but they're not a very big house. So if you pull up a picture of Howland Reed, he kind of looks like an older Howland Reed. How's a little bit extinct, right? Aren't they for sure? Gone? Yeah. Oh yeah, they're, they're gone. So he could be somebody that was just on that island, though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's true. So, but he's definitely someone northern. Yeah. And then you got Robin Arian, and then Jan's Royce or Jan's John Royce. Yeah, and who do you think's to the right of this though? Probably another northern man, right? Or Vale, somebody from mm-hmm. the Vale. Yeah. Because those are all people from the Vale. Yeah. Like Jan's Jan's Ron's Royce family is from the Vale. And so is Rob, and then Robert and Aaron is obviously from the Vale. So I would assume that guy's either a Riverlands person or a Vale person. Yeah, unnamed. And then you got yeah. obviously Tyrion and Grey Worm. Yeah. Okay. Next at Taylor TG, why isn't Brienne the commander of Sansa's Queen's Guard? And I have a take on this. I don't think that Sansa has a Queen's Guard because that's something that the Targaryens invented. It'd only be relevant down in the Six Kingdoms. Like the Starks never had a Queen's Guard or a king's guard before they were a part of the seven kingdoms. Yeah. Up there up there she would just be a bodyguard pretty much. She wouldn't be yeah, she wouldn't be a queen's guard. I don't yeah, I don't think she would be a queen's guard, but I do agree that she probably should still be guard for Sansa considering she swore an oath and her character for 
many seasons has been all about that oath about protecting the Stark daughters. Obviously, Arya doesn't need, she's a badass, but Sansa, she's always been about protecting her and she's always been about her oath. So I'm confused why she's like, King's Garden, King's Landing, sounds like a good job, I'll just take it. Yeah, yeah, I think maybe, well, maybe Sansa sent sent her down there knowing that Bran needs more protection Yeah, rather than her up there. That's what I was thinking. That's speculation, though. Something we don't know. We don't know for sure, sure yeah. Yeah, she could have released him from her from her oath. and From her, yeah. Because that's a big honor, honor. I mean, imagine a woman being a Kingsguard. That probably has never happened. Yeah. Well, besides her when she was for Renly, but... Before that, definitely not. Nope. Yeah, and she has someone that she can trust down in in on everything too. Sansa has someone she can trust down there. What's crazy is the person that invented the uh, Kingsguard was a woman, but there's never been a a Kingsguard woman until Brienne. Yeah, I thought. Are you sure? Yeah, uh, Aegon's sister. But he created the Kingsguard because he almost got assassinated. It was his idea. No, his sister did. After he almost got assassinated, his sister did. Rhaenys. Oh, all right. Maybe I didn't know that. I read it in Fire and Blood. I was wrong. Okay. <laughs> All good. At Joanne FF93, is it plausible that Bran got a bit of his humanity back just for the sake of the kingdom? Kind of seemed like he was less, because, you know, he was really emotionless, but he, I don't know, he got his little jokes in, so. <laughs> I don't think he, it didn't seem like he got his humanity back. He just talked more than he had in the past like three episodes so yeah he was still emotionless and- but he also said stuff like why do you think i came all this way and then he like gave a little smirk you know mm-hmm. oh and then when he said i'm sure it will when they said it'll get better he said i'm sure it will and he like smiled a little bit yeah a little bit i don't think he smiled there i don't know i didn't see that he smiled a little bit he gave a little sexy little smile <laughs> <laughs> little brand wheelchair smile just called brand smile sexy sir <laughs> yeah bro <laughs> guy He's a fox. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Gordy B. Why are people having such a hard time understanding Danny's character arc when everything was laid in front of us to expect this be- this being a very big possibility? I mean, my, my take on it is just, yeah, I think if you just flat out deny it, you need to get over that a little bit. But then there's people who say it's rushed a little. Yeah. And I think that's fair to think that. But I mean, if yeah. you just look back and you rewatch it now, you'll see that she does have signs and she's she's very impulsive with some of the stuff she does. There's just like a lot of really bad things that did happen to her over her life that it's, it makes sense this happened. Like she was basically abused by her brother and sold, raped, then had her husband and child die. If you just there's like been times, too, where she's done. She said stuff and you're like, oh, that's kind of it's kind of sketchy. Like when she was saying just when like Marine was under attack. She the first thing she said to Tyrion was that she wanted to turn all their cities to dust. And I was like, okay, like that's pretty. Uh, all right, <laughs> that's not really helping anything. Yeah, and then Tyrion had to calm her down, and that, that's just the thing is she always had more advisors to really yeah. check her impulses. But then there's been other points too where she was like maybe a little impulsive with the Tarleys when Tyrion suggested not to kill them when she rounded up. Okay, yeah, they're they're not innocent, the slavers, <laughs> but she, the masters of Marine. But she rounded up 163, yeah. and it was just the first 163. So there could have been people in that group who weren't even involved. She could have done a little more. And there was. There was innocent people. Well, they're not. They're still yeah. slavers, but. They're still slavers. No, but, but there were slavers that. Were against the crucifixion. Openly spoke out against. Yeah, they openly spoke out against. Yeah. A trial would have been more level-headed. Yeah, a trial 100%. Yes, I mean, yeah. but those are just things that we all look past because we're just like, well. They were all slavers, you know, they were bad people. But yeah, this yeah. is the first time that she goes and just burns everything. And 
I just think at this point she just wasn't going to stop at what she was going to do whatever she wanted to get the throne. She was that close to it and she'd lost all of her advisors. The last thing Masande says to her is Dracarys, you know, she's telling her to do it. Just she was going through a lot. So for me, I think it makes sense for me. Yeah. And then I also one other part, too, is just in all those cities, there was people who wanted to be liberated. They wanted to be freed when she was going around. Essos, And then that just wasn't the case. In Westeros, they didn't really want to be freed or they didn't really need it like that. You know, that was one of the things she was really relying on to and it didn't happen. So then she's like, oh, I'm just going to win win with fear. At Jesse Awesome, or Jesse's Awesome, why didn't Arya steal or use any faces this season? Ross? Yeah, that was a problem for me. They used some parts of her training, but she spent two seasons learning this these faceless man techniques, learning how to steal faces, and then it completely gets ignored in season eight it's it's not prevalent at all and in season seven it's not she doesn't use it too much either she uses it at the beginning to kill the phrase but then not, since not then, too much she wipes out a whole house <laughs> yeah that's what i just said i just said in season like episode one she uses it and then from there on she doesn't use her faces at all for the rest of the series oh i know i just thought you were a little casual with it i was like nah she fucking killed like 50 phrase yeah yeah yeah, for sure. But that was that was the only time, yeah. It could have came in handy so many times. I just don't know why she didn't. And it would have been, yeah, it would have been a good payoff for her training as well. That's my take on it. The whole first half of season eight, though, she there was no, like, she wouldn't have used it for anything anyway. And then the only yeah. person she would have used it on after that would be Cersei. Mm-hmm. And she... Or Daenerys. Yeah, okay, yeah, true. Or Daenerys. And, but we all knew Jon was going to have to kill Daenerys in the end anyway. And obviously she just chose not to kill Cersei. I wasn't pissed about it. Well, no, yeah. we were all making speculations. We thought maybe it could have been, maybe it could have been Arya. Maybe. I think if it was going to, if it was, it was, there were the only two options was Arya or Jon. But Ar- yeah. I mean, yeah. also Daenerys was protected by Drogon. And I think the only one who could have got by that was Jon. Jon. Yeah. yeah. And I do. I, I'm with Luke. I think the best time would have been to kill Cersei, but yeah, she didn't get close enough because Daenerys lit the whole place up. I mean, I was cool with it because we saw her kill the Night King, and I don't know if they would have let her get the Night King and Cersei, or the Night King and Daenerys, because then that makes her There's kind of no the main way. character of this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. and people would have been even more pissed about Jon. <laughs> and just oh, they've been so pissed. Yeah, and I think that was actually the one thing Macy said was her one regret was just that she didn't get aware. She wanted to do the theory where she was wearing Jamie's face and she kills Cersei and she would have been totally yeah. okay with her dying with just rocks falling on her after she kills Cersei or something like that. She would have been at peace with that. Luke, what you were saying, I I had no problem with it not being in the beginning of season eight. Like I wasn't expecting her to use those that power specifically in any of the White Walker stuff because it didn't, yeah, you know, didn't it just didn't really sense. make sense for that situation. But I was really... I don't know. I was really expecting her to use it in all of the King's Landing plot and all of that. Like she could have killed Grey Worm after episode five and she could have used his face to get to Daenerys or she could have, yeah, she could have just killed any Dothra- or Dothraki or Unsullied Soldiers because the Unsullied Soldiers were right up next to Daenerys when she's giving that speech. She could have positioned herself next to Daenerys and then just stabbed her with his spear and then try to disappear into the crowd or something. Yeah, she probably would have died. <laughs> Yeah, she would have been any way she does it. She's dying. I was just gonna say, random Dothraki soldiers don't just like walk up to her though. You know? She has her unsullied guard. Her not the Dothraki. Yeah. That wouldn't have really worked. Is what I'm I was saying. saying uns- yeah, unsullied though. I think could work. 
And I would have been fine with her character dying. I thought that would have been almost preferable for me anyways. Just because I, I wanted more characters to not get that happy ending. Okay. At Lord Keiko, where is Gilly and her baby since Sam turned Grandmaster? <laughs> yeah, I was I was talking about that too. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. They're probably just they're just chilling. In, Horn Hill, probably in King's Landing. King's, King's Landing. Landing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, he probably took him with him. Yeah, I guess the whole yeah. rule, like you were saying at one point, Luke or Ross, that the rules might be different to allow him to have a yeah. family because he's not supposed to have a family or a kid. Yeah. And this new order may be changing things. Yeah, it does kind of seem like this. The old world is being forgotten, and the new world is the new order. Like you were saying, could be changing some of these things that maybe they think are outdated. Yeah. At Diane and Nicole, I thought whoever kills a king, a king or queen takes the throne from them, like Euron did to his brother and Daenerys did to Cersei. Why would John be held prisoner then? Well, these are different because Daenerys yeah. she became ruler by conquest, and that's the same way like Robert Baratheon became king, and. John is a king is a queen slayer. I think if he was like we were saying, if he was made king, then the Unsullied, Dornish, the Ironborn, they all would have started another war. And the Ironborn are different. Like they they pick their leaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not necessarily about who kills the previous king or queen. It's more about who has power and who has more soldiers when the king or queen queen dies. Yeah, and and Daenerys had control of the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she had a dragon, so... That too. <laughs> At Chado K. I could be wrong here, but season one, episode one, does Ned not have a keen interest in grooming Bran specifically? He watches his bow and arrow shooting then takes him to witness an execution. He was the main focus of the Stark children that episode. Were they trying to tell us something then? I would say I do have to agree. He was the main focus, but I think the reason they did that was to set up his character falling out of the window, mm-hmm. not for him being king, because they didn't even know who was going to be king at this point. They didn't even know a lot of the end plot because they they weren't told by George R. R. Martin until a, a later point. So to answer, no, I don't. I don't think that it was foreshadowing for him to be king, just to set up his character falling out of the window. Yeah, and it and it seemed like it was just him uh, coming of age. Like you know, he was yeah. He went to see his first execution. He's still young. Um, you know, they're starting. It seems like they're starting to turn him into a man. Yeah, I, I just thought it was a good way to introduce all the Starks from his perspective. I guess, and he's the yeah. he's the first character in the book, the first point, the of first view perspective. Yeah, yeah. Besides the prologue with the Night's Watch at NBA Guru Three. Do you think George R. R. Martin will change the book's ending after seeing the public reaction to the show's ending? No. Yeah, go for it, Zach. Just take that. Yeah, nah, he's not going to... He's been saying forever he doesn't care about fan opinions and he won't change due to outrage. And whatever ending he's had cooked up, it's going to be the same. Just the details along the way will be different because that's always something he's developing. He even said yesterday that his book may end up being... His next two books combined may end up being 3,000 pages. So that's a lot to flesh out everything. And that's a lot different than you get with the medium with TV. You know, you only got a certain amount of hours on television. So yeah, I mean, if people weren't satisfied with like the outcome, like if you weren't satisfied with Bran being king, with Daenerys dying and burning everything, Jon not being king, like those things are very likely going to 100% happen in his book still. Yeah. I agree with that perspective too, because like he said, 
if you go if you change the ending because people are predicting it then you're gonna undercut all this foreshadowing and Mm -hmm. all of the build-up from the previous sections of the story and it's gonna be there's gonna be a disconnect because it just seems like you're just trying to subvert people's expectations rather than just finish your story and just tell it you know so. And and this was something that he decided back in like 1998 when people were even guessing about John's origin. He would just decide <laughs> then, nope, not going to change anything. Yeah. Okay. At Eduardo RG, what spinoff would you most like to see among the four siblings? Ooh, I'm going with Arya. <laughs> Same. That, that was going to be mine for sure. Yeah. I want to know what's west of Westeros, bro. Same. Yeah, pretty much any of them besides Sansa's for me. <laughs> I think Bron could be cool if we actually if we saw it from or sorry from Bran if from we Bran. saw Bran's perspective yeah. like what he's thinking more and just how he's looking in the past like that could be all really cool I don't know what's gonna happen with John I feel like the the North of the Wall is probably the most peaceful it's ever been up there right now yeah yeah he could go up to the land of always winter and mess around up there I don't know yeah and go check out what the where the White Walkers were actually from yeah, go yeah. into their castle because mm-hmm. they do have that whole fortress and everything. They do. Yeah. Go check it out. That's what I would do. <laughs> that was him. Yeah, just be like walking around in there. Yeah, and Arya's story could be crazy too. <laughs> that one feel has the most oh, yeah. room. Oh, and also in in the Sunset Sea, which is the sea west of Westeros. Yeah, there are there are krakens, there are sea serpents. There's all sort like mermaids, all sorts of things like that, which would be really cool. It'd be kind of like Jason and the Argonauts a little bit, just a sea voyage with these. Probably she has badasses on that boat. Yeah. Just going up against all these creatures. Yeah, there's a reason why no one's come back. Yeah, because there's, there's shit out there. Yeah. At at Justin, in your opinions, what are the three prequels going to be based on? Well, we know Ooh. Jane Goldman series. That's going to be based on the Age of Heroes, which starts 10,000 years prior to with the pact, which is when the children of the forest and the first men allied. The major yeah. historical event that happens during the Age of Heroes is the Long Night and the war against the White Walkers. During all this, too, there's Bran the Builder. He builds the wall. He builds Winterfell. And that era asks like a, that lasts like around 4,000 years, I think, and yeah. right up until when the Andals invade. And so there's a lot of stuff you can do during that. And even during this time is when the Valeria Freehold pops up in Essos, and that's when they first tame dragons and start conquering Essos. So you could do both sides again. It's a lot more stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just reading about Bran the Builder today in Clash of Kings mm-hmm. too. And apparently when he was a little boy, he helped build Storm's End as well. <laughs> Damn. What a, yeah, for, what a legend. Yeah. Dude was a badass. And I think if the other two actually come to fruition, it's really going to depend on how this pilot does with HBO. Because they're filming the yeah. pilot, by the way, next month in June. They're, they're filming all that. George R. R. Martin has hinted that one of them will do have to do with Fire and Blood, which is his book on Targaryen history. And I think we've said that on the past couple a couple pods ago, what we'd want. I would like to see Dance of the Dragons era, which is the Targaryen yeah. Civil War. I think that'd be really sick. Yeah. What would yours be, Luke? I don't know. I, I know I want I would want one of them to be about like Aegon's conquest and how he yeah. was able to get well, he only got the six kingdoms, and I think there's like a lot of story to be seen in him and his conflict with Dorne because he actually wasn't even able to conquer Dorne when he came over and tried to conquer all of Westeros. So I think there's a cool conflict that can be explored there. And then um, his attempted assassination, there's there's a story there too. So I think the creation of the Iron Throne and 
or I guess of King's Landing and of one king to rule all of Westeros. There's a, I think that would be a cool, yeah, series. Ross Unite, uniting the kingdoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for mine, I know he said look for clues and fire and blood, but that could really mean anything about the Targaryens. So for the second one, I want it to be about the doom, the rise and doom of Valyria. I think that would be really cool. So obviously we know the doom happens, but besides that, we don't know too many major plot points. So there's still a lot of room for storytelling there. I think that would be really cool. And to see all these families of dra- of dragon riders and seeing their conquests, oh, that would be sick. Just seeing dragon armies just conquesting all of Essos, that would be badass. Because they fought the Giscari Empire a lot throughout the years. They had major, multiple major wars against them. And then for my third one, I would just kind of want to see, just because I uh, this probably won't happen, but just because I really want to know more about these places, I would want to see a story of a character who lives in the Far East. So I would want to see more story about Ashai, the Yt Empire, the Summer Islands, North, you know, all that place, Grey Way, the Grey Waste, the Bone Mountains. There's so much out there that's just like I want to know more about it. It just sounds everything out there sounds so cool. Sothorios, Ulthos, Saffron Straits, all of that. Yeah, that would be what I want for the third one. At Zibran Eleven, what would have been your alternate or ideal ending, Ross? Mm. Well, I'm not getting paid to rewrite this show, so I would honestly change a lot of things about the whole season, but I'm not going to take the time to think out a script for it. But just the last episode? John getting burned. I mean, this is, yeah, (laughs) I think it would have been funny. (laughs) This is what Amanda told me. I thought it was kind of cool. If Drogon, after he flew away with Daenerys, you know, he was just angry. Maybe he went to mourn her. When John, when John and Arya and Bran and Sansa are all lined up on the docks, for Drogon to just come back in out of nowhere and just roast all of them. <laughs> just roast the entire Stark family and then fly off. <laughs> that would have been insanely controversial, but also really funny. That would have sucked. That's my, I know that. That would have sucked. <laughs> like, I would be pretty pissed. I'd be like, what? He just comes in and kills all of them and leaves? Yeah. But I think I yeah. thought it was pretty funny. I would definitely get have John get roasted because yeah. then he comes back, kills kills the darkness, and then he, you know, he's sacrificing himself. I think that makes sense. He That's a good death. Yeah. And then probably, uh, yeah, maybe Arya killing Cersei too. I wish I I did kind of honestly I know I was saying like it made sense that she didn't use her faces but I do want I did want to see her use like her faces again that would have been very cool against Cersei yeah 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 against Cersei sorry I I mean I also feel like I already stated a lot of the stuff that I wish would have happened yeah like you, I wish yeah. Drogon would have attacked Jon and Jon would have killed Drogon and then I also wish Grey Worm would have attacked Jon yeah there's a lot of things I'd change go ahead Zach. At PDK97, what happened to Varys' letters? Luke? Shit, dude. I, fuck. I don't know. Like, this is such a fucking... Maybe this is just a plot hole. Like, and I, I didn't even <laughs> really think about this part until pretty much now when we had seen this in my notes. He obviously didn't send him to... Yeah, he didn't send him to Yara or the King of Dorne, which is what we speculate... Or at least I had said I figured that that's where he at least sent them. I have no clue. <laughs> what do you guys think? I'd say either they all he burnt them all and didn't, none got sent out, or John did. No, Varys did. Oh uh, yeah, 
or they did get sent out, but no one gave a shit about John's origin anyway because Daenerys yeah. died and he was the Queen Slayer. But I assume it's the former. Yeah, I don't know. Other than other than that, I don't have an answer. I just feel like there were so many threads that they didn't close the season. There was just a lot of open threads that they just let go, trail off into the wind, never close them. At PD Mullen four two six, why did they need a master of whispers? I feel like Bran can do that himself, and I actually disagree with this because remember that Bran needed Sam to connect the dots that John wasn't a bastard still, or just that that marriage was legitimate. Yeah. So he still needs someone to fill out some of the details. And it probably would just help to have someone to spy on because then he knows what to look for exactly if he's looking back mm-hmm. in the past. Yeah, Bran is really intelligent and knowledgeable and wise, but knowledge is power. So, I mean, the more secrets, the more knowledge you have, the better. So Yeah, and then I was going to say, because like Bran's powers don't work like that either. It's not like he has every memory right off the top of his dome either. He just yeah. has access to all of them. Yeah. And, he has to, and he, has, he can look back individually, but he has to know what he's looking for. Mm-hmm. It's like he can tap into it. but Yeah, yeah. at Akib Criff 23 if Sansa was voted in as queen, would she still have made the North a separate kingdom and inside the North a different ruler? I feel like she would have. Well, Sophie Turner actually commented on this, and she said that Sansa would have never taken the... She wouldn't have taken it because she didn't want it. She's been in King's Landing before, mm. and she didn't uh, want to be queen after season one. So it wouldn't have happened is what she was saying. Makes sense. I feel like yeah. hypothetically, if she were somehow to become queen, though, I feel like she still would have made the North independent just because of how she felt about it. Yeah. At Rodney, doesn't this mean the Stark name will become extinct? If Sansa gets married or dies, there won't be any heirs. And this, this is a good question. I think it it might. Well, I think what they would do is just, if Sansa had a kid... The, it would take the Stark name? Yeah, the first son would take the Stark name, or whoever she marries, that would be that person's heir, and then they'd have to go until they have a son to take the name. Yeah. Keep it going, because they're not going to let the Stark name die out. There's no way. And yeah. I mean, even if she married, she's not going to marry like a lord. I mean, maybe unless she married like the Dornish prince. Well, that's what I was going to ask, is like, where does she where does she marry now? Because yeah. they're their own independent kingdom i went the other kingdoms want to marry in their six kingdoms dude maybe she'll marry yara well yeah that or like just have to marry a lord of the north somewhere yeah yeah but yeah or she maybe robin aaron i don't know because the veil and uh winterfell have always had you know connections yeah connections her cousin yeah it is her first cousin but yeah but it's happened before i was gonna say ned's dad he married his cousin didn't he yeah 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 so, I mean, it's not unheard of. Maybe they'll grab, maybe they'll do some artificial insemination with Bran. <laughs> <laughs> Get his, some of his DNA and, and artificially inseminate someone. Possibility. At is this Brendan, where will the Dothraki end up? Takes. It seems like they're just chilling in King's Landing right now. Now there's a horde in, there's a horde in Westeros, bro. <laughs> yeah. It kind of looked like they were they were docking up or they were on the docks. Maybe they're leaving. I f- like for me, I figured that they would go back to Essos now that they don't have a leader. Yeah. And probably maybe just pick up back their nom- nomadic lifestyle. And I think yeah. isn't, aren't all the women and children still back in Essos somewhere? Yeah. Have vast Dothrak. Yeah. So that's where I think that they would end up. It doesn't ever show them getting on boats, does it? But it just shows them at the docks when John's walking. Yeah. It doesn't show him leaving, but I, that's what I just assumed they'd be doing, that they wouldn't stay in Westeros. Yeah. Okay, so one last thing before we wrap this up. I, won, I wanted to ask you guys, 
So now that all of Game of Thrones is over, all of the character arcs are laid out, who is your favorite and least favorite GOT character? Oh, damn. Least favorite. Like, do you <laughs> mean tough. least favorite? Like, I hate them or just that they thought no. they sucked as a character? They sucked as a character. Not like not oh. like Ramsey or Joffrey. Because they're, like, still good characters, but you just hate, yeah, but I hate who their them. character is. Yeah. Oh, least. Okay. Damn. Somebody who just sucked as a character. You you didn't enjoy watching their screen presence. Oh, shit. Dude, it changes for me, though, I know. Like, <laughs> as the show goes on. Bran in season eight was just bland. And I, I really hated Sansa at the beginning, because yeah. never forget that she betrayed <laughs> Ned. Never forget. She betrayed Ned, told Cersei that he was leaving, and then she also later betrayed Jon. So that's what she does. Dude, she was a little girl, you asshole. Fuck you. But still, she grew up and betrayed her family again. She did get kind of bullied to into doing that by Cersei. Yeah, but still. Yeah, she was totally coerced. It's like, yeah. Okay, just the sh- the whole show in general as a whole. Uh, now that you know where they started and where they ended, I can tell you my favorite is was Arya. Yeah, yeah. Arya, easy yeah. hands down money. Arya's uh, Arya's amazing. I think she, I think she's my third favorite. <laughs> third? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that's so I'm thinking. I know it's a little random. Who's your first favorite then? Who's are yours then, Ross? So I can think about it. Either Tyrion and the Hound are top two. I can't decide who's my first. Oh, the Hound is pretty badass. And then Arya is my third. Yeah, I forgot about the Hound. He's my favorite, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's so good. I fucking love the Hound. He has he has so many good lines. Yeah, he like, does have great. He has the best lines, and he has good character development. Yeah, especially and just his whole arc or that whole time with him and Arya out is just awesome. He's my favorite. He's got one of the best one v ones in the show, in my opinion. Yes. Possibly the best one v one. Looking back, probably. I mean, that John versus Grey Worm could have been the one yeah. to top it, but <laughs> could have been the chosen one. He's got Kogainbol and that. I think they're both great. He's my favorite. Yeah. I'm picking that. Okay, so least favorite. Least favorite. Fuck, I honestly gotta think, dude. <laughs> All right, do you want me to give mine then, and then maybe that will give you some Oh, I got I got it now. I got it. Yeah, go. You go first. Okay, okay. My least favorite, oh, I liked Bran in the beginning. That's the problem. And I liked some of his moments later on, like the Hodor moment and him going back, seeing his father, all that. But I got to say, just how his character ended and how they set him up and knowing where he ends now, he's probably my least favorite. I was thinking about Robin Aaron too. Him or Robin Aaron, but I think Bran. I think it's got to be brand <laughs> i got mine mine is right. on dude oh, oh that's a good oh, one. i Euron. forgot about him he <laughs> sucked dude sucked he's my least favorite i hate him he like, just looks like bam margera and just, <laughs> his arc fucking just not it just wasn't good and he was such in the books his character is so much better and they yeah. just wasted it that's that's something that really sucked too was he was this badass dark wizard in the books and his death was just fucking stupid. He thinks he's killed. He's, oh, I'm the one who killed Jamie. It's like, no, you fucking didn't. Anyway, yeah. but nah, fuck you, Ron. That's my pick. Yeah. All right, Luke. Well, I kind of said Bron too, but. Brand. Br- oh, God Brand. damn it. Brand. They always do that. Euron is a good pick. Euron's such a joke. I know. That might be my least favorite now that you brought him up. Honestly. But now that you say. I hated him. Now you say Euron, dude. Oh, gosh, the. The Greyjoys are such fucking bastards, all of them. Like even Balon, yeah. dude. I want. Oh, I hated Balon. <laughs> he was just just old crusty cockhead. Drown God, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know. <laughs> like fuck the Greyjoys, bro. 
Yeah. My honorable <laughs> mention for who I did like would be Braun that you said. Oh, Braun like was a lot. This yeah. season he fell off, but I mean, just up in, yeah. he didn't have much to do this season, but up until this dude, bad. Mm-hmm. And he was really smart. Like he was more clever than a lot of the characters, more savvy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. Cool part about his character. Yeah. So I, oh, I, I guess Bran. I forgot about Sir Barristan Selmy. I think for he's my favorite. favorite. <laughs> Dude, he's so awesome. You're I fucking love bipolar with this shit. Bro, I'm sorry. I just thought about Barrison and uh, it got me jazzed up. Sure, Barrison was the homie. He was awesome. I'm I'm pissed he died. Or, or Dario. Dario might be up there for me. I always fucking love yeah, Dario. Yeah, Dario's cool too. Yeah, same. I, I remember a long time ago you used to tell me about how much you love Dario. He's your boy. <laughs> Yeah, he was badass. Back three years ago, you would tell me about yeah. like two. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, I think that's it for today. We want to give a want to give a shout out to some of our reviewers: Harris Rowe, K at the Eric De Leon, at your brother Bilo. Is, wait, is that Caleb? Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, your brother Bilo. Bilo, your brother Bilo. Shout out, oh Bilo. B- shout out to Caleb. <laughs> hey, thanks, Caleb. Hey, hey, Caleb! It's one bean, baby. It's one bean. That's a little. That's a little inside joke for Caleb. <laughs> and then DJ one two two OVO Sim, Emily Blackburn, Steezy Travi, Tori Martinez, Jay Sizzle, and then at Smoking Big Doinks. <laughs> Smoking Big Doinks. Big Doinks oh. and Amish. <laughs> what? Yeah. Thanks, y'all, for the reviews. Hey, if you're listening, please rate our pot. It helps a ton. Reviews are huge, too, if you want to leave. And then yeah, make sure to follow us on Twitter and, and Instagram, at NotAMoviePod, at CultureCrave, at ThronesFacts. All yeah. that shit. All right, Ross, I think that's it. Time to roll back that Game of Thrones outro one more time. Yeah. All right, we out of here. Last time. Peace. Later. <laughs>